And now, introducing a man who tried to implement French Kiss Friday until intern Lil Jordan got a little too handsy, thus changing the date of French Fry Friday. Lil Jordan still got a little too handsy, making everyone uncomfortable. Today is now Hands Where I Can See Them Friday. He is Glenn Clark. Good morning. Apologies for a little bit of a delay there. It is a Friday edition of Glenn Clark Radio, and I promise the gang's all here. For the Cassidy fan club, I promise she's here. She'll, she'll be back in in a second. But we actually found someone, frankly, better looking. Um, no offense, just we found someone else, and uh, he's playing that role today. Uh, bring, bring Stan up, please. Yeah. You're just saying that because I don't have a mask on. Yeah, it's been a long time since I've seen your. That's that's not true. I stopped by the house the other day and I did see face for you, a second. You know, the Orioles were having their press conference today. By the way, Stan so, the fan is here for those that don't know. Okay. Yes. They were having their press conference today at nine yes. o'clock. So John Colson. The real Grand Poobah. No, he's, we box. call him the most worshipful grandmaster here. That is what he is. Yes. Uh, he said, are you going to go? And I said, you know, John, I got to get up at 745 to go to this 9 o'clock press conference. Mm-hmm. I said, I probably haven't been up that early since March 4th, 2020, when I flew down to Sarasota. <laughs> right. I probably yeah. had to yeah. go down. Yeah, and you brought all this upon yeah. us. So, uh, anyway, the Orioles announced the date. Everybody probably yes. knows it by now. It's June the 12th. I was going to make a joke that he wanted to send you because he was looking for one of Paul's contemporaries. Is what oh, I, th- that was the joke. Did that, that feel good? Did that, that, that feel good? You're younger than Paul by a full eight years. Yeah, just by eight years. By a full eight years. Uh, June 12th. I don't know what day of the week it is. I actually is. don't know either. I'm going to pull that up right now. Probably because, like a Wednesday or Thursday, I'm guessing. Uh, June 12th is, oh, I've got, I got February up right now. Hang on. I'll tell you in one second. I'm sorry. That's I'm okay. sorry. February, March, April, May, June is it's the Sunday actually. It's a, it's a Sunday. Sunday. Yeah. Okay. It's a pleasant. That's, a, that's interesting. I like that. That's I interesting. Like that. So uh, it's June twelfth. Tickets are going to go on sale to the general public next week. So you probably are hip enough to know how is that going to be a ticket master? Yeah, and they'll be they'll do. You know what? The, the they'll probably do an advance thing for um, uh, Orioles season. Plan holders, holders. Right. like they'll probably do a Tuesday advance for for them, okay. and then on Friday for the rest of the general public. I'm okay. I'm, I'm saying that I don't know that, but, yeah, that's, but I, it, if I remember correctly, that's it's what a they red did. Car, it's an orange carpet, Correct. benefit, and that's what they did for Billy Joel, if okay. I remember correctly. So anyway, it's um, pretty exciting. Uh, T.J. Brightman was there representing the club. The mayor was there. And Mike Elias was there, so we got a chance to have a little so go I said, around. When we, were, when we were speculating about this yesterday, there was this weird bit where people were hoping that this was going to be about the lease, and I said that the mayor has nothing to do with the lease. Right. Like, there would be no reason for the mayor to be who would be at a press conference for the lease. No, and then we heard there were rumors it was going to be an announcement that the club was starting its own, uh, you know, betting Right, which, which I still think is going to come at some point. Yes, yes. but I didn't think I, – I thought somebody from whatever the organization they're partnering with, it would have Correct. said, and Harris yes. will be there. Caesars, Valley, whoever, right. Caesars, yeah. whatever it was, Horseshoe. Yes. Um, but it turned out to be pretty big news. It's Look, big I, news – it's big news for O's Entertainment, the wing of the Orioles that they hope to develop yes. more revenue out of. But it's great for the city. This is a big, I, big event. I have seen people attempt, because they don't care about Paul McCartney, right. attempt to poo-poo this because it's not – I've seen two different things. Baseball fans who wanted this to be a baseball-related announcement. Right. We're in the middle of a lockout. What, what, what announcement right. do you think is they're going to make baseball-wise? Right. 
secondarily, it's the, well, I don't care about Paul McCartney. Fine. Nobody, nobody wants, nobody's telling you you have to care about Paul McCartney. I mean, it's pretty asinine for you to not understand this is the most like, famous human being on the face of the planet that's coming to Baltimore. For you to not get why that's important and a big deal. Yeah, even really, if you don't like Right. right really only, like. it's just a reflection on you. It's probably a reflection on a certain generation <laughs> that if, if it doesn't impact me, it doesn't matter, right? Like, you mean Jordan's generation. Um, sure. Yes, yeah. frankly. It's, it's more Jordan's generation. If you don't understand why this is a big deal for all sorts of different reasons, it's because you're not trying. Right. It's because you would just rather continue to live the way that you want to live and be this dismissive, if it doesn't matter to me, it doesn't matter person. I, I will probably go myself, right? I'm not, it's not because I'm obsessed with Paul McCartney, although I'm a Beatles fan like anybody else was. Um, I will go because it's a massive event in my hometown. And I like that. I like the idea of that. I like that it's going to help a bunch of businesses. How many times is that stadium going to be full during the course? If Let's just assume there is a season. Let's start with that. Stan, how many times will there be uh, 40,000 people at an event at uh, Camden Yards this season? I, I hope it, I hope it won't, won't impact opening day. Yeah, right. Yeah, when, June, by the time we get around to opening day, right, it could be June 12th. But uh, seriously, I mean, like. No, the, it, the Orioles will probably draw more than 30,000 fans six or eight times yeah, when year. when certain teams are in town Hawaii, on the weekend hawaiian shirt night, right they'll you know. they'll have you know if matt if uh, pal bobblehead right night. Boog, pal, bobblehead night. if adley rutschman's first game isn't opening day that'll be a big crowd yeah. right like yeah. and of course opening day there will be a handful of those this brings a boatload of people into the city it's a massive massive thing for tourism for the businesses downtown if you don't get that it's because you don't want to that's it you, it's it's and, so easy to figure out why this is a big deal. And for and, the Orioles themselves, Stan, <clears throat> you bring up Orioles Entertainment, but it, it, it strikes beyond that. They want to keep doing these because they want to create new yeah. revenue streams. I mean, they had Billy Joel in nine. It's already been three years since I've had Billy Joel. And, of course, the they, pandemic they, they, didn't They, they wanted of, to they, do they, more they were events, gonna do, yes. There was no question they would have had about another three or four minimally under their belt by now. You know, the thing to do is really try and have three of these a year at Camden Yards. Or, or, or at a concert plus a soccer match plus a, whatever it is that yeah. you can do. And I don't know how, yeah. you know, I haven't, I haven't done the math to figure out how feasible some of these yeah. other events are, but to have multiple non-baseball events. The Glenn Clark show, hundred. Imagine how packed Jeez. it would be, especially if we announced that Jordan and Cassidy are going to be there. Like, it would just be insane. Well, Cassidy. Yeah. Mostly I can Cassidy. See, yeah. I can see why there's a fan club <laughs> yeah. for Cassidy yeah. already. Uh, so, I, look, I, they should be doing plenty of these things, and they want to do plenty of these things, and the idea is if you are a baseball fan, I can't promise you that this is going to be the difference in them being able to sign a pitcher in, in three years. I can't promise you that. But more revenue for the baseball team, hypothetically, could lead to more money to be able to be spent on baseball players. I'm not trying. I'm not going to do the bit where I say this is a guarantee that they're going to have more... I'm saying it can be a good thing. Even if you don't care, even if you don't want to care, even if you're only about baseball, there can be a world in which this could be beneficial from the baseball standpoint. With there being no drawback to it whatsoever. None. none Zero. Whatsoever. Cool. By the way, it's called, It's interesting. The, the Peter Jackson movie, the documentary, yeah, is called Get Back. Yep. This is called the Got Back Tour. 
Is this did really you what know that? Yeah, I did not know that. Yeah. That's really what they're calling it. The I don't know if I. Tour. I don't know if I love that. But if, if it means I, he's playing, I've got a feeling every night. I'm going to yeah. be really excited about that. Although I don't know who does John's part. Yeah, and maybe it is. Maybe it is an older music. You know, like maybe he's going to do a lot of the old. Yes, music. I would prefer. No offense to Wings yeah. or you yeah. know anything that. Yeah, like, but it would be great if he. You know, I would. I would prefer that. It'd be amazing if John Lennon and George. That could would show be up, really remarkable. We know Ringo. I did. I did joke about that yesterday. Brian Powell brought that up when we were running through the things that this could right. be i was like maybe it's gonna be paul and ringo getting because who ringo was on what show last night he was uh, on one the late, we're talking about Jimmy ringo being on one of the late night shows I'm like maybe he's announcing that he's coming to camden yards it'll be him and paul getting together again i forgot about that that's pretty spot i on, totally man. forgot about yeah. me saying that and i didn't i knew before you know i knew probably around the same time that i'm i might even guess that i got the information from the same person that ken got it from and I just agreed that I wasn't going to, you know, share it. Like that was part of the deal until somebody else went ahead and shared it. So I knew before everybody else knew, but I didn't know when I, I that was just me spitballing at noon and throwing it out you there. You know, I had something similar happen to me the other day. You oh, watch yeah? Scott Van Pelt once in a while. You know who Miss Maddie Brightman is? Yeah, TJ's, TJ's daughter. daughter. Mm-hmm. Yep. And she's also been his producer she, for yep. about four or five years. So two nights ago, they did a thing where they have well, who's the ball headed guy they bring in? Uh, Steve. Stanford Steve. 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 Yeah. So they went over preseason predictions. Okay. And they had about twelve people. They went over Scott's record on each individual Oof. thing. Oof. He was six and four in his predictions. Okay, that's not bad. He's the only one that was over yeah. five hundred. Second place at five and five was Maddie Brightman. That's cool. And they showed her on camera. And then yesterday I received a – she and I are pretty tight because yeah. she used to like intern yeah. with me. Yeah. I received a save the date for her wedding. Oh, it's lovely. Oh, it's lovely. It's very sweet. It's June That's the 12th. very sweet. It's very June cool. the 12th. Oh, no. No. No, no it's not. No. All right. <laughs> I was going to say, my God. No. And they were smart. That? She was smart enough to have it in September – well before the postseason, right? So yeah, no, it's very important. Can't, to, right, he's going to need to be available in October. Yeah, he's yeah. definitely going to need to be <laughs> available. Um, are you at all encouraged? So, so anyway, that's yeah. that was the news this morning. That was the big news. Paul McCartney and I happened to be driving around June twelfth, and so Stan yeah. said, oh, "I can stop by," and yeah. so you're here. We'll talk to you for a couple minutes. Yeah. And then again, if we don't put Maddie back in that chair, we're going to have a lot of angry letters. Like it's, yeah. uh, I say, Maddie you mean Cassidy. Cassidy. Yeah. Jeez, what's she going will on be here? back momentarily, yeah. folks. I'm sorry. Um, so let's handle a couple things. Stan, yeah. the, Stan the fan is here. Of course, Stan. If you missed it last night, had a good uh, conversation with Thomas Kelso. Um, about covering a bunch of different topics related to uh, the stadium authority and some of the things that we all know are going on. And you are a technical guru. I mean, you I'm know. Guru. Okay. I don't know if I'm comfortable with that. So I've been doing these Zooms for 18, 19 mm-hmm. months. And I've been doing them on my computer with the camera f- that's built into my computer. Yep. I started looking at them. I mean, I've, I've listened to it an occasional, you know, I listened mm-hmm. to them. I started looking at them and they look. I look like crap. Gary looks great. I, I, I don't want to Ross say Grims, something. Ross Grimsley wanna... looks great. So I finally figured out they're both using iPads. Okay, oh, which okay. has a yeah. much higher a better res- resolution. resolution. Yeah. So I'm using Jane's backup uh, iPad. I started using it. So she said that she had turned off the sound notifications. Okay. So last night we're interviewing Thomas Kelso. First of all. You know how every one of them, it's the three of us yep. stacked together. Yep. Yeah. This was set up 
differently. So it was like whoever was talking it was the one that was on the was screen. On the screen. Yeah, that's that's okay. the iPad thing. Yeah. It's it's off putting, you know. For well, for me, you're getting used to it, right? 150. Yeah, and I didn't know how to change it without thinking I might knock myself off altogether. Okay, so that's number one. Okay. Number two. Because I built this up that you're the techno. I, Did those notifications go Jane over? must have been going in, in and out of the living room. And then we have a new pool room. And it it's ringing up at the top. Someone is in your pool room. Because you've are got those a- going to be on – are those going to show <laughs> up on the – on the Zoom? The sound might. Okay. The sound might. The notification itself shouldn't, but okay. the sound might. Okay. Yeah, the sound right. might. But uh, I've, so I'll go back. Explain, I'm gonna, you can explain to me how to reset I, that. I would, it would. It'd be within the app, so I, you know, like okay. it would be within All the right. app. But we could, we could, we could, we could work on All that. Right. We could work All on right. that. Anyway, um, um, so yes. Last night we had Thomas, Thomas Kelso, Kelso on the uh, stadium uh, chairman of the Maryland Stadium Authority. He was really, really good, and talked at great length. Uh, about these leases that yep. that they're working on with the teams and these two pieces of legislation, HB 786, HB 787. I think those are the correct numbers. They're companion pieces of legislation, and they have to get them past the General Assembly. But unlike the gambling, this does not go to a referendum. These, if the House passes these, it will give the stadium authority this great power to spend uh, huge gobs of money, but every time they spend money, they'll be getting lease extensions so, with both teams. Okay. So it takes yeah, into if, account. If, if we upgrade the stadium, you're it means you've got to tack more years. on. That's yeah. very interesting. Yeah. It's, it's very interesting. It's very similar to like when we moved into this office and they had to do all these upgrades. Yep. We signed a five-year yep, lease at correct, that time. Correct. If we if we're putting in the equity, you yep. can't just turn or around and run away. No, yeah. I mean, all that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, like we, yeah. we, we if we do if we put the money and the work in, it can't be for you to abandon us. It's not the way things are going to go. Exactly. It makes all the sense and, in the world. And we've been very fortunate, as Mr. Kelso was uh, was good to, to mention, that we've had a history of great relationships with the owners and the state. You know, they've not threatened in some, despite the rumors well, by some uh, lawyer. Since, since 1983, right, we've been right. fortunate. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, we the post-hearsay years. Yes, yeah, yeah. So anyway. Um, yeah, okay. So that Who knows was, what Eli Jacobs would have done if no, we, we, don't, know, we don't know. If he um, hadn't gone bankrupt. That's available right now. Of course, your conversation with Dave Johnson available yeah. as well. Go right now to Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. Click on the Videos tab or go to PressBoxOnline.com slash video and, and see it there. And I do have an update. We don't have a set guest yet, but Ross is working on somebody I haven't talked to in God knows how long. Mike Torres, who used oh, to okay. pitch for yeah. the Orioles Been a while. briefly. All yeah. right. Very good. Uh, so send, just a couple things while you're yeah. here. The, the, and then I'll make way for Cassidy. Yeah, the word is now that the, the, the there are going to be more serious me- – yesterday's meeting was a joke, apparently. It was 15 minutes. I'm, I'm, like, not, I'm not willing to say it's a joke. I'm detecting – look, both sides realize now that the, the shit's – you know, it's against the wall. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really sticking on the wall, and it stinks. Their self-imposed and, deadline for starting the, the 20, regular season on time. the 28th of February. Correct. And I do not think there's a chance in hell that they will do it. But 
if they can find little points of of change and agreement, it could come together maybe by March 8th to 15th. And, and the word last night was that they're going to get together daily starting yeah. next week. Gee, that's yeah, what, what, a, a, what a thought, idea, right? Though. Like Maybe you would have done that a month ago. There was no reason to wait until now in order to consider something like that. You know what? You know what and I'm interrupting you, but I got to because hmm. it pisses me off, is they knew, both sides knew, in April, May of 2020, that, geez, we got a real problem coming down the road. You know, it's like two trains heading right for each other. Nobody wanted to hit the switch and talk. So, And then when the lockout was instituted by uh, the commissioner, which is sort of a technical thing to do that, Mm -hmm. they should have backed that up a month and said, we're backing it up a month. Teams can still do things till January 1st, and then we will lock out. But we're going to really tackle this with some urgency. He said, we're hoping this lockout will accelerate the urgency. And then they met for seven minutes that week yep. and didn't meet for 50 and then, days. And then, right, said, it's the holidays. Yep. Well, you know, we'll just take some time off, yep. and, and, yep. and maybe we'll get it all figured so, out by then. So, you know, uh, I always hate to say it, but a pox on both their houses – but I want to get ready for baseball. You know, I want to be excited about baseball coming. I, I even, am, even Orioles baseball. I am know. of the well. I mean, look, I've talked about this. Not today. We we the way we phrased the questioner in the week is: Are the day what was Tuesday was supposed to be pitchers and catchers? I said, Are you at the point yet where you're angry, or are you still more ambivalent? And I got yeah. far more ambivalent than angry, which I get. And I said, I think it reflects more of right now. If I was in, and we brought it up, if we were in Toronto, I think it'd be closer to anger. Because, yeah, because we, have, we got a damn we, good team. We have something special, yeah. right? And yeah. and you're taking away the opportunity for me to see something special right now and to feel that feeling and that excitement, that anticipation. If they announce tomorrow that they've come to a deal, in Baltimore, there's still going to be more ambivalence than there's going to be excitement, right? Like ambivalent is, is kind of the yeah. overarching phrase for how we feel on the whole right now. Look, when Adley Rutschman shows up for the first day, there's going to be a lot of excitement around that. It's not as if nobody is going to pay attention. There will probably be even more this year than there were a year ago because of the presence of Rutschman alone. That alone will create that much more excitement related to the Orioles this season. But I get it. I get if you desperately love baseball. And Stan, I know that you fit that category. Of course, Paul fits that category. There's plenty of people in my life that. And I'm a fantasy baseball player. Yeah, that is. It's. It's. Which is a daily fix. And you ruin everybody's careers because of this. Um, I. I get it. I get that this is part of your. I cal- resemble that. Correct, a hundred percent. This is part of your internal calendar. Yeah. Right now, I'm supposed to be hearing the sound of balls hitting mitts on videos that are getting set up from Sarasota and talking about how this is going to be the year where it clicks for insert pitcher's name here. Yep. You know, we spent all those years every year. Look at how good Dylan Bundy looks. Look at how good. And it turns out they both became pitchers, but just took a little while in order for us to get there, right? Um, Like that, I understand it's part of your internal calendar. It's part of your internal clock. And you're missing that right now. Me, not as not much. As much. Right? It does, yeah. That doesn't do it for me. Yeah. It's I'm not that guy. Although, as I said before, I love going down. I love spring training. I love when I was in Arizona, I would plan my yep. work schedule around being able to go to more games because I love the concept of spring training. It's just that if I'm not going, it's not really all that big of a deal to me uh, what's going on down there. So I get it. I understand that feeling. I don't share it personally necessarily, but I completely understand 
that feeling of I'm supposed to be amped for baseball right now. I'm I am mad. I am bothered yeah. by the fact that I'm not doing it. Yeah. If they get this figured out, but by March 5th, they said that that's their deadline is February 28th in order to get it. They can scrap that in a in a heartbeat and yeah. say we get it figured out on March 5th. We'll need about a week to get everybody together and ramp, you know, get them sent down and, and report to spring training. The biggest training. crazy thing that they've got to do is, is, and I tried to ask Mike Elias this down at the, uh, at the scrum, and he gave me sort of a, you know, the, the company line that he can't really talk about anything to do with baseball. My question was simply, you know, with the craziness of how many free agents there are going to be to sign in such a short time, I said, are you sort of positioned financially where you might be able to surprise us with some kind of almost like Nelson Cruz mm-hmm. at $8 million? If somebody's sitting there and you wouldn't pay normally $5 million for a pitcher, but all of a sudden he's worth 10 and you can get him for 5 would the, and he wouldn't bite to just even say, you know. So, anyway, yeah, uh, that's going to be the crazy part is how all these players Yeah, everybody that's sign. left is got, not going to have a whole lot of time. No, and that usually means well, cheap deals. And there's, there is deals. also the question of were, were, were things happening that weren't supposed – like during the lockout. And we're yeah. so, well, you're not supposed to talk – we're guys just talking to anyway, right. right? Like this is like the, the free agent period in the NFL where nobody's supposed to talk to anybody right. until this time. And then – all of a sudden, it hits midnight, and everybody's got deals signed because you're right. like, "Oh, right, they were they were tampering." Right, like they players just, weren't, but their agents correct. can Ev- sure have Everybody a was doing that. Yeah. Um, what else is going on? Everything else good? That's uh, that's it. It's all good. I've been walking quite a bit. You've been watching Taking the Olympics some... at all? Does that no. do you care it even remotely? No, no. Yeah. I'm so, I'm sorry. I just no, I don't... it's it's like it's the day everybody. they start. It's like I say, I'm, maybe I'll pay attention, and then like by day two. There's some type of drug scandal, you know. No, well, I, you but know, the figure skating was never going to be. We're going to yeah. talk to Kimmy Meisner about it later yeah. on in the show today, yeah. but the figure skating, I, I, it's never going to be for me. I, I, you know, it's just not for me. It's for somebody else. It's the same way with gymnastics at the Summer Olympics. I really like the Summer Olympics. I love the Summer Olympics, yeah. but it's not because of gymnastics. Like I'm just never going to be judging sports in general. I don't care. It's not about masculine versus feminine. Every judging sport, I'm out. I'm out. I'm out on... Sport I I really would like to... You and I should start a league for curling. I've been. You know I've been. I'm a champion. I am a champion curler. I am an undefeated curling skip. I am the man when it comes... I'm basically John Schuster. Although like I a, didn't. Oh no, it does look it's like a no. Okay, it looks like a bowler. It looks like a bowler. It's a curling. I was. I, forgot. I was the I skip forgot. of a victorious. It's really a great sport. I love it. I love everything about it, man. How did they invent that sport? I. You know, it's so funny. <laughs> Somebody, the, the big one. There's a meme going on right now about the, there's a picture of the two man luge, right? right, where you just see one dude laying on his back and right. then a dude on top of him, and they're like. I'm convinced that this sport started from a lie. Like it just started from a story that was told, and then it went yeah, from we there. Were, we right? We weren't like, doing anything. Yeah, we were just right. we were losing. Like, yeah. Which is which is really great. Like yeah. I really love that meme uh, tremendously. <laughs> but um, I could not possibly tell you when we learned when we went down to play. Have they done the curling yet? Is that over? Oh yeah, we got. I, if you missed the start of yesterday's show, I was despondent about. Yeah. They the semifinals were yesterday morning. When are the finals? I don't know. The okay. USA lost, so okay. I don't so care anymore. Right? Okay. Yeah, we lost uh, to Great Britain, and we, it was a very strategic decision that was made by uh, Skip John Schuster to sacrifice a point in the ninth end 
in order to keep the hammer but be down by two going to the tenth. Terrible decision. Terrible. Look, that's my skip. I love that man. I would I would do anything for him. I'd go to war for John Schuster, but terrible decision in that mm-hmm. moment. Just take your point, move on, and try to tie it Let up. Let me make way for Cassidy. Stan the fan, appreciate you, my friend. Um, again, the news out of Camden Yards. Hold, June the 12th hold, is hold the this, date. Hold this up one more time. June too. the 12th is For Paul the McCartney, date. yeah. And then we got a new print issue of Pressbox. Yeah. It's available right now at your neighborhood Royal Farms. On camera. Any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find Pressbox. And it is our celebration, the 20th anniversary of the Maryland Men's Basketball National Championship. Stan and I had uh, the pleasure of uh, sitting down for a really kind of remarkable conversation with Gary Williams. I was trying to convey yesterday, like, I was really moved by just how vulnerable he really was during the course of our conversation. And he, he's changed a, a yeah, lot. It was, you know, he's unplugged from that electric right. Gary Williams. He's constantly really defensive. Yeah. He wasn't that. He was very. No, he was very good. I think he, you know, and I was shocked that he was willing to go. To the Xfinity, right? You know, I don't know how far in a photo he shoot, yeah. participate in a photo shoot. Give you time, give us time, then give you some yep. more time. And then I said, you know what? He's happy that somebody is pe- really paying attention to an achievement I, I, that in the history of Maryland basketball, he's the only one that has done it on the men's side. I think the last twenty years have also reflected. And I, I wrote about it, and yeah. he talked about it a little bit. Have reflected. I, I'm not. It is disappointing that Maryland has not followed up this national championship with a more sustained level of success. But there's a flip side to that, which is I think it's a statement about how truly remarkable it is what they did. Yeah. That it, this is not something that happens within the sport where you go from being not a blue blood whatsoever to suddenly being a national championship caliber power. Yeah. Um, there's a handful of schools. Obviously, Gonzaga is doing it. It's a yep. different, you know, like it's not as if it can't be done. But it is very, very difficult to do. And I have I, like he said, like he has a different perspective of of that twenty years later. I very much have a different perspective yeah. of it. Whereas I don't know that it's about Maryland as much as it might just really be about Gary, Gary Williams, Williams the being force of his personality. That unbelievably yeah. good of a coach. And he was a great, great coach. And I had major problems with him on the personal side of things yeah. and as a recruiter, but I think I've I've mellowed some, and I understand why like, he did things he, he did. He went after me multiple times in, yeah. in press conferences, and it, like yeah. he, he, we, we had a very abrasive, which is hilarious because I was a Gary Williams defender. Yeah. You know, I was very much a guy that was like, this dude can coach flat yeah. out. Whenever I would ask him a question, he would literally stop a press conference and say, "The problem is you just don't think I can coach." <laughs> I just start laughing, yeah, like Gary. <laughs> Yeah, that's <laughs> the one thing you were defending him. <laughs> like, my God, man. All I talk about is how I think you're a really good coach. But you still got to explain to me why it is that you wasted your final time out and lost at home to Morgan State. Like, you still have to answer that question when you could have used the timeout for the final possession. Like, we still have to talk about that. Hey, by the way, real quick. <laughs> hey, what uh, a win for Towson last night. Massive yeah. win. Massive. Massive. Win. Yeah. massive Eighth time win. on uh, national TV. They were on the CBS. Sports Network and, last night and and beat UNC Wilmington I, by about eighteen. Beat 20, them by twenty four. Beat them seventy seven to fifty three. It was never competitive in the never second half. In the second half, it was just a drubbing, and that's UNC Wilmington still 
technically is the top team in the uh, the CAA. Yep. Although um, Towson's tied with them in the loss column, the difference being that Delaware thing they still have to make up here in a couple of right. uh, weeks where they're going to be trailing going into. But that. real quick, next week, in lieu of the fact that they're not going to have a live Babe Spash, ah yes, the Babe Ruth Museum is doing three nights of virtual programming. Tuesday night, they're going to talk to Gary Williams, Johnny Holiday, Lonnie Baxter, and, a, and one other player. Okay. Wednesday, they're going to revisit the Orioles' 2012 first okay. trip into the playoffs. Okay. They're going to talk to J.J. Hardy and Matt Weeders. And then after that, that because that's already been pre-recorded, they're going to have Peter Schmuck and myself on. Oh, cool. Uh, about seven thirty to talk uh, about the 2012 season. So go to with ba- Mike Gibbons. go to BabeRuthMuseum.org and find out more yeah. about all they're that. They're doing something Thursday, and I'm drawing a blank on which thing they're doing Thursday. That's terrible on my part. I, let me know, and we will uh, we will okay. get the word out about it. Good all right, Stan the fan appreciates you, you as Paul. always, my friend. Nice to meet you, Jordan. Stan the fan Charles, the, the chief the grand poobah here at Pressbox, stopping in and saying hello this morning. Appreciate him doing that. Speaking of Towson, uh, coming up in just about 30 minutes, their new athletic director, Dr. Steven Eigenbrot, is going to join us. Looking forward to an f- opportunity to get to know him and share our first conversation with him. Uh, as we mentioned later on in the show, Kimmy Meisner is going to join us, of course, Harford County Zone, and a former Olympian herself, and we'll get some actual perspective. i got to be honest with you, this is not my world, so I don't fully understand it. So literally, I'm going to ask her to explain it to me like I'm five, because I just don't. I just genuinely don't understand it, and nor is it something that I have, but I get it. It's, it's a huge, been a huge story during the course of the week. Um, so that's all coming up on the program today. I watched Towson last night. My God, they look so good so 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 good now you do have a microphone jordan you are allowed to talk we're not we're not banning you jordan's got to learn uh, paul's gonna be gone in a couple weeks so jordan's gonna produce the show for a few days and so we're trying to have him learn how to do it um yeah towson looked incredible like just flatly incredible last night and they got to turn around they got to back it up they got to go to charleston this weekend and you know that's part of it you get emotionally amped for this massive game and you look great there is something to be said for you got to be able to turn around two days and still win the next game that you got to play on the road against a good team and and not have a letdown because it's not the game that you had circled on your calendar to try to get revenge and all of those things. So they still have to back that up during the course of this weekend. But I've been imploring you for weeks to pay attention, imploring, please pay attention, care, be aware of what's going on with Towson basketball. It is significant. They have a chance to snap a three-decade-long streak since the last time they made the NCAA tournament, the longest of all the local schools. Um, They look good. They look really, really good. And as I keep saying, what's most remarkable, it could be anyone on any given night. They are not reliant upon one single player, and if that guy's off, they're going to be screwed. They have eight guys that are all capable of it being their night on that particular night. That was dominant on the road against a really good UNC Wilmington team. So that was a fun way to spend your uh, Thursday evening. I hope that uh, you in- took a little time and uh, watched some Towson basketball last night. All right, uh, when we come back in, we've got uh, some of our regular Friday features that we're going to get into. As I mentioned, we will meet the new athletic director at Towson, Dr. Stephen Eigenbrot, as well. Uh, John in Little Rock tells me that he saw Paul McCartney, and Paul McCartney did do I've Got a Feeling. That's really important because it's one, maybe the greatest song in the history of music. So I, I need him to do that. 
I just need to know who it is. I guess he probably has a band, and somebody in the band sings the John parts. Like, I just like to know that because that's part of what makes that song so magical. Today's show also brought to you by. Ooh, it's brought to you by your local toy. No, 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 no. I need to save that one. How about Glory Days Grill? Let's make it. They're brought to you by Glory Days Grill. Smoky thigh wings. Smoky thigh wings. Smoky thigh wings. Smoky thigh wings. You get the point. Uh, also, the seasonal menu still available with the uh, grilled meatloaf sandwich, the house-made meatloaf, the short rib grilled cheese, all of it available at your neighborhood Glory Days Grill. Get your order in glorydaysgrill.com. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Sports fans, the wait is over. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is now open at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. This is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgambling.com. Help.org. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. After being virtual in 2021, the CIAA Men's and Women's Basketball Tournament is headed to Charm City this February 22nd through 26th. The CIAA is an event that has become a celebration of family, culture, and accomplishments that uplift and strengthen the African-American community. See the excitement in person as some of the best college basketball in the country comes to Baltimore's Royal Farms Arena with the CIAA Men's and Women's Conference Tournament. Get your tickets now at CIAA. CIAATournament.org. That's CIAATournament.org. The newest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, we celebrate the 20th anniversary of Maryland men's basketball's 2002 NCAA Tournament Championship. As Gary Williams reflects on how the program rose from the ashes of NCAA sanctions to the pinnacle of the sport, and why his perspective of the title run has changed now two decades later. Plus, Juan Dixon, Lonnie Baxter, and the rest of the team relive the moments that ultimately led them to cutting down the nets in Atlanta. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out BuyAToyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. If you miss anything, don't forget that you can find whole shows later on Spotify, Apple, or Amazon Podcast. It's Glenn Clark Radio. All right. All right. Stop stop screaming. Uh, Papa Cass is back. She's here. Stop yelling and losing your mind that we didn't have her on camera. She is here. Papa Cass is with us. Little Jordan's here. Little Jordan looking resplendent in his throwback Merino uh, jersey today. That's a, that is quite the look. What a what a fit that is, Jordan. Where did you where did you find that one? Why and why is the real question. What Jordan's so reluctant today to pick yeah, up that I, microphone. I'm, it's very I'm, I'm getting that. I'm glad that you're learning. That's the important yeah. part. I need you to know how to do this. That is the more the bigger priority here. I'm get getting accustomed to it. But yeah. so no, I my so my dad, he's a Dolphins fan. 
and so is there a reason why yeah. so this is like when, he, the, when the colts left he, no 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 so oh, he okay. so he's originally from new york oh that's uh, right that's and, right and yeah. he and he grew up there this doesn't really explain and, why to be a dolphin well, yeah, yeah. So, now that I, hey. so obviously because he's from new york right yeah, no, that, so, no yeah right makes sense so his yeah. parents got a divorce and then the boyfriend of his mom at the time was a huge huge dolphins was fan. dan marino and, <laughs> that and would be amazing fan, yeah and and like Larry when, Zonka would be even better. And and he was like he had my dad. He was like, yeah, you got to root for the Dolphins. This, that, and the other. They're super how old cool. was your dad at the time? They, I think he was in high school. Did he have a favorite team, or was he no, like he, he like he like didn't know football oh, at that all right, point? All right, so like okay. he, well, this all makes like, way more sense. And then. like he was getting into it. And then my parents actually moved to Florida for a little bit. So my dad was like watching. Did he Dolphins attempt to game. pass it down to you? Did he attempt yeah, to force yeah, like, upon like, you to be like a Dolphins we, fan? We we go to a Dolphins game probably like every season or try to. So I'm 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 way more of a Ravens fan, obviously. Right, like right, I'm like, right, right, like but but I mean the the Dolphins I I I have I have a Tua jersey and a Dan Marino jersey. Well, so. One of them seems like a better investment than the other one, if I'm yeah. being honest yeah. with you. And I don't think you need to be a Dolphins fan to, to be a, a Dan, Dan Marino, Marino fan. The, you yeah. know what I would say, too? And this is not a, there were a lot of Dolphins fans that crept up in the years that the Colts were gone before the Ravens. Like it's, it, it is really remarkable, and people of a certain age will not know about this, right? But like, there was an unbelievable amount of Dolphins fans in this area in part because of Dan Marino, in part because of the colors. In the same way that people of a certain generation were all Charlotte Hornets fans, not really, they just all owned Charlotte Hornets gear because the colors look cool, there was definitely an embrace, while there was no football in Baltimore, of the fact that the colors look cool for the Miami Dolphins, and Dan Marino happened to be good, and... Don Shula was down there. Well, it certainly wasn't John Elway. That definitely helped, right? There was not going to be an embrace of the Broncos. Um... But Don Shula was down there, and of course, everybody loved Don Shula in Baltimore. So there was this weird thing where like a ton of Dolphins fans popped up in Baltimore while there was no football here. It was probably as many as there were. Like the NFL tried to force Washington as the local franchise, right? Like the way that you know, there's there is a small there are as I always say. The people that are Capitals fans in Baltimore think there are a ton of Capitals fans in Baltimore. There aren't. There's a handful. There's a handful of Capitals fans in Baltimore. But enough that like the NHL looks at Baltimore as Capitals territory. If you go to the other side like of Towson, it's far more Flyers fans than there are Capitals fans, say in Hartford County. Like in Hartford County, there is an S ton of Flyers fans. Apparently that was a uh, quite an interesting game last night between those two teams. By the way, where the Flyers gave up three goals in the final three minutes and the Capitals won, um, but like the NHL treats Baltimore as though it's Capitals territory. That's what the NFL did with Baltimore and Washington for years. They force fed on on Sunday afternoon. There might be a great game on between the Cowboys and the 49ers that you want to watch, but instead. We're giving you Cardinals Redskins. Like, that's what you get to watch if you live in Baltimore. And it's part of why there ended up being a rejection of the Washington franchise. Like, no, F you. I want to watch a good game, and I hate you for the fact that you have to force this nonsense on me. 
instead. Like, I very much was, I hated Washington because of it. Like, I, I'm over that. We got a team, they're very good, and it, it took me a while to finally say, like, they're irrelevant. Who the F cares about them? That force-feeding of the Washington team uh, is part of the reason why I rooted for the Cowboys in the, in the 90s. Because every time I turned on the TV on a Sunday, I had to see Washington playing uh, football, was- and I'm like... I don't want to watch this yes. garbage team. Well, I mean, in fairness, there were a couple of years where they were very good. Yeah. Obviously, the 91 team was incredibly good, right? I didn't really like, start watching football, though, until 93, and then they were kind of falling off. Yeah, they had, had, well, I mean, not like they are now, no, but yes, no. they certainly weren't the, the dominant team. They were 91. They were unbelievable. Yeah. Like That yeah. was an insanely good team that, of course, went on and beat the Bills in the Super Bowl. Um, the, the point of all this being there was a weird number of Dolphins fans, and they continue to linger. It's it's hilarious to me the number of people I know in my life that are from here that have no connection to Miami whatsoever but who are diehard Dolphins fans. I say in my life, listeners, people I've connected with because of my job, like um, Ivan checks in with us all the time, massive Dolphins fan. Uh, 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 Neil Driscoll's become a bit of a troll on Twitter at times, but Neil's a massive Dolphins fan. Like it's just random to me how that continues to linger. This sort of Dolphins thing from the days in which there weren't a, there wasn't a team in Baltimore, but it does. It very much lingers altogether. But that is a nice looking jersey, no matter what, no matter how you feel about the team. That's a nice looking jersey. Thank you. Yeah, nice looking jersey. Hey, um, if you missed it, uh, go to Live Casino and Hotel social media accounts: Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and you can see. Just go to videos. You can find my pick, my betting advice for the Daytona 500. I've got a driver for you. I, I know you said, Glenn, really? Yeah, I did the work. I've got a driver for you, and I feel confident. In fact, so confident not only and I'm, am I going to make a top 10 bet on this driver, but uh, as encouraged by John and Little Rock, I'm going to sprinkle a couple of bucks on that driver to win despite the fact that they've never won a race before. Bowl, I think. I don't know. Actually, now I got. I have no idea. The drivers ever won a race before? I just don't think they have. Maybe, maybe I should have double checked on that before I said that. This is, goes to show I am the expert. But I got a funny feeling about this guy and the work that I did on uh, this particular. Mm, no, it does not appear. Yeah, I finished second in a race, but never won a race. This particular driver. It would win you some money, though. It would win you some money. It would win you some money. This driver. You got to go, though, to Live Casino and Hotel social media in order to find out more. I'm not going to give it away for you. I also offer, we offer a little betting advice for the NBA All-Star Game, too. You might be surprised by the advice that we offer for the NBA All-Star Game as far as betting is concerned. You got to go to their social media accounts, however, in order to find it. We're not just going to give it away here. I will tell you that the uh, driver has the same first and last initial. I think I said that yesterday, so I, I'm willing to get the driver that has the first, same first and last initial. That's all I'm going to give you. Go to their social media, find it out there. Uh, but Live Casino and Hotel is the best place to watch all of the big events in the FanDuel Sportsbook, including this Sunday for those two massive events. The food's great at Sports and Social. They got the 51 self-service kiosks. They... I didn't realize, by the way, I've been telling you about winning your share. If you sign up for Live Rewards, winning your share of the $10,000, I didn't know how they're doing it. I have to go do this. They've got a money machine. <laughs> Remember these things from, like, the state fair? It's like a, like a, it's like a, you know what I'm talking about, Cassidy. It's like a glass case, and it blows up the cash. That's how they're doing it. Oh, I love these things so much. I've never so done one. Do- I've never done one either. I, no, that's not true. I did one, but it wasn't for real money. Uh-oh. It was like for something else. IOUs from Dumb and Dumber. Mm, yeah, it was the IOUs. That's a good one. You're going to want to hold on to that one. Um, no, it was like 
it was like the whoever grabbed the most of these things would win a certain prize. It was like you were grabbing certificates, and if you grabbed the most certificates, you would win whatever the prize was. I'm this. I desperately want to experience a money machine. They got actual cash flying around in that thing. They got people grabbing it. It's amazing. I've got to do it. So I've got to sign up for live rewards. Is it I got to get there tomorrow. Is it different uh, denominations of money? Or I don't. It, I couldn't tell that from the video, Paul. And I didn't. Like, I don't want to give. This is a partner, so I don't want to give away any false information about sure. this. All I know is it's an opportunity to step into a money machine, and I'm telling you, that's a top five thing I must do in my life. Now that I've gone skydiving, scratch that off. I, I'm, money Machine might be number one. I'm not sure at this point what is higher than Money Machine on my bucket list things that I need to do. Standing in there and grabbing actual cash and then getting pissed off because you can't grab it and losing your mind, I want to experience all of it. You got to come wanna, in with a strategy because it's hard. What do you think the strategy is? I don't know. When I was, well, okay, I did it in middle school. Like at like a, What? Yeah, it was really cool. They brought in this like inflatable in thing. In middle school? Yeah. In my middle school, it was like, um, you know, like... um. How in high school you have like pep rallies and stuff like yeah. that. We had one in, you but know. With a legitimate cash machine? Yeah, they brought a person in. I'm not sure if that's a good idea. They brought like a literal, like it was an inflatable, like igloo looking tube thing. And you walk in and money starts going everywhere and like kids start grabbing it. Yo. And like you. Like they put multiple kids in it at once? Yeah, no, one oh, at a time. Somebody was going to die. One at a time. Somebody was going to die. But you go in and you're like, you're sitting outside and you don't do it and you're like, oh, this is easy. Like I'm going to get like all the money in there. Yeah. And then you see a kid go in there and get like three bucks and you're like oh my god because it ain't that easy it's not that now, easy. everybody that i was seeing on this video we're getting more than three dollars like you get a lot of time in the money machine mm. right in order to win your share of the cash i feel like you gotta do some research if you really want the money like, I, figure I think, out the best way to go about but it. there's a way you're supposed to like stuff it a certain yeah. way after you so it doesn't come flying back mm -hmm. out afterwards there's a lot of things I'm obsessed with the idea of a money machine. I'm obsessed with it. I would put my own money in a money machine just so I could experience the joy of a money machine. That's how excited I am about it. But you can win their money in their money machine just by signing up for live rewards. And I would do that <laughs> immediately. Um, do it by March 31st. That's a suggestion that I have for you. All right. It's that time. It's time. Uh, we're going to do. Uh, it's Cass's turn first this week, right? Yeah. That's the way it goes. Uh, it's time for Did This Really Happen with Papa Cass. Cass, what story do you have for us? Uh, by the way, everybody's sitting at one and one. All four of us are one and one after last week through two weeks. What is the story that you have for us this week? <laughs> okay. So according to Insider, which is ironic because this new article has just come out about sex week at colleges. For many colleges and universities... You're in college, Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> you, uh... uh sex, sex week? Yeah. French Kiss Friday. Uh, familiar with uh, sex week? Ah, uh, no. Gotta be honest uh, with you. Hmm. <laughs> At uh, Glenn Clark's colleges. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, never mind. I'm not gonna finish that sentence. <laughs> For many colleges and universities, Valentine's Day provides the perfect entree to sex week and series of events and workshops on everything from consent and body image to contraceptives and STI testing. Among this year's more creative offerings, a make-your-own-sex-toy workshop and condom bingo, in which players use condoms to mark their cards. Sex Week kickoff giveaway of condom... Well, as everybody knows, anything can be a sex toy if you try hard enough. <laughs> no, that's true. Of condom kits and sex toys. Students can also play a Wheel of Fornication, game to win small prizes while learning facts and statistics about sex and sexuality, or pick your own toy and make it out of silicone and bring home because pleasure is power. Did they say what college this occurred at? Multiple colleges. <sighs> no way. Even maybe one in Maryland. There, there, there was too much clever. I gotta be play. honest. I gotta be honest with you. 
<laughs> Alright, go ahead, Paul. What do you This is real. I'm leaning towards real myself. I oh, am I'll I, be different. I am leaning towards real myself. This sounds actually like a fairly good idea, if I'm being honest with you. To this practice sounds safe. Like, you, we know you're gonna do it anyway, so let's show you how to do it safely. And, 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 and not even safely as much as like so that both people get pl- like the, learning about the concept of like what sex is supposed to be. You're supposed to care about your partner, you're supposed to be concerned about what they're into, like that it's supposed to be you're supposed to have healthy sex like i actually think that this would be beneficial valentine's day would make a lot of sense yeah. for when yeah, you would, it would do it it would make a lot of sense i'm trying to look at cass's face and see if she's going to crack it all but I th- i'm 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 going real this I'm is a real fake. thing i i think i'm going real as well i think hang on let's <sighs> Said it was at multiple. Did it say in the story it was at multiple colleges? Mm-mm. So that's There's, a little bit weird. That you like, did say that it, it was multiple. Co- you said it was multiple them, colleges. A lot of them, yeah. But it didn't say in the story that it was a multiple. A ton of them. Just so many of them. She's mm. now you're trying to bait us, Literally, which I appreciate. Like I ten of them. I appreciate across her the country. Effort. It'd be better if you said more than like something random. You'd be like literally more than seven. Like that's that's a good joke. Yeah. Whenever somebody says that, okay. say more I'll than keep seven. I'll that in my next time. F- okay. File that away. I will. File that away. Com- Already stored. Comedy writing one one. <laughs> I'm gonna stick with real. I'm sticking with this is, this is a real thing that happens on college campuses because, it's I think it's a beneficial thing. I think it's a good. Th- I think it's better, frankly, than some of the things I was taught in college. And she said STIs, which is something you would find in a write-up because most anybody would say STDs. Ooh, I didn't even think about that. She said yeah. STIs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm staying, sticking Ca- with fake. Cassidy, did this really happen? Yeah. Really I knew happened. it. I knew it. Means Damn. that Paul and I improved a two and one. Actually, and one, one of not the just schools, a hat rack up here. Yeah, one of the right. schools in Maryland is Hood College. Hood College started doing it. That's a great idea. I think it's actually it's, it's their robotics club that actually started it. That's they decided weird. To it would be. That's, yeah. that's a little that weird. That's a, a, a little oh, weird. Oh, 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 that robotics. Hood College. Robotic I can't remember the first toy. college that started it. I think it was in Texas. It's either in Texas or something like that. But their robotics club decided it all started with them making. Like make make your own sex toys, so they would like give okay. you the mold and you'd make it, and so that was like a whole thing. I guess that would and make then sense it started the spreading to like a lot of schools and a lot of clubs like hosted it where it was like teaching like I don't know like because a lot of times like, like it said in the article too, but it was so long that I just cut it short. Is like high schools don't teach about sex ed very well, so then they like do it in college and it kind of like you're gonna do it, so you might as well make people understand the consequences and also like how to be safe yeah high schools have the posters that just say abstinence makes the heart grow <laughs> right yeah i mean like that's the point the point being like this is why i think this makes a lot yeah. of sense I, it's not j- the safe sex thing whatever that's that's a different conversation i'm talking about like the, the part of it that nobody ever wanted to talk about which is like hey it's supposed to be something that you enjoy equally mm-hmm. right like of course i come from a generation where it was like dude go get laid brah right like, like there was no consideration of like hey Maybe concern yourself with like what your partner's into, and mm. maybe start thinking about that. And I'm not suggesting that like thinking about each other. You're in college. I, uh, and that's, <laughs> I'm sorry, but the dude's thinking of themselves. Uh, I understand that, right? Like I understand <laughs> yeah. that, Cassie. But that's why I think this is so beneficial. Right? Which is like, no, I hey, agree. I hey, agree. maybe think about the other person here. Maybe think about them, what they're into. Have like a healthy 
sexual experience mm-hmm. that like can be enjoyed equally by both people. I think that's a good thing. Yeah, to I be mean, happening on I college mean, campuses. Stevenson didn't the school that I attend does didn't do like anything like make your own sex toy, but we have this thing called sex like sex ed boot camp or something. Okay. And so you go and you get a free t-shirt. That's and it's a good like, idea. But like, does it's, it say sex ed boot camp? Yes. I do kind of love does. that. Actually. And it's like, well, it like, it looks like a little you, army I was going to say, like, could you shirt. get me that t-shirt? I'll get Is you there one. a chance? Yeah. I would really like if you could get yeah, me that Yeah, my t-shirt. roommates went and they like come back and they're like just wearing them and I'm like, oh, that's cool. And I like, love that. Yeah. I love and, that. And they like hand out condoms like it's candy. But the thing is, is they like, the way they teach it is so weird. I went my freshman year. It's like mandatory. You like have to go if you're a freshman because like when, at least when I was a freshman, you did. Because I, I, I don't know, I guess it was just like a thing. And so when I went, it was like all about like gloves and like things like that. Gloves? Yeah. And they would like hand out gloves. Wait, what? <laughs> they were pretty much teaching like safe sex. So they were like. But that involves gloves? Yeah. They were saying like if you do something like obviously before sex, like to Digital wear stimulation. gloves. Like, right. So the foreplay of it. To wear gloves you to know, be if, safe. if the glove doesn't fit. <laughs> I was like, that doesn't feel right. That doesn't seem I don't, like I, it's logical. I've never, I've never thought about, I've, you know, never, never in my life. Like in, I, when I should probably go to sex ed boot camp, <laughs> frankly. What's, what's that movie, Booty? You guys never know this movie, Booty Call. I love Jamie Booty Fox. Call. One of my favorite and motion they, and pictures ever. And she makes ever. Them use Saran wrap. Oh yeah, <laughs> no, that's a thing. Well, there was a different, there's a different story to that. They, yeah. they were, they were struggling a little bit, having, having a tough evening. Uh, Jamie Fox and and his partner that particular. Who was that? Who so it was Jamie Foxx and Vivica, Vivica, J- J- and Vivica, Vivica A. Foxx. Right. Um, uh, but no relation, yes. Um, and then it was David... Allen Green. No, no it wasn't. not David Allen Green. David... It's going to drive me nuts. I love that movie, by the way. I absolutely love Tommy it. Tommy Davidson. Tommy Davidson. It was yeah. Tommy Davidson. Oh, you know, I, I, somebody I, I, just asked me if I wanted to have Tommy Davidson on the show again. I do. I love Tommy Davidson. I don't know the name of the girl, but she was also in The Wood. Wow, you really go deep on on your knowledge and of booty call, no man. You really go deep. If on there's that. like a trivia show, I think you should go on it. I don't know, Glenn. Kind of a you would win. Kind of yeah, shat was, on my not, um. What, you, it wasn't my my six degrees of Kevin. Kevin Bacon. Bacon. You okay, gotta, that doesn't. You count. have to be able to deliver. <laughs> you can't say something's your superpower, Jordan. What's a random skill that you have that would count as a superpower? Like something you just happen to be really good at. Something odd, like an odd thing. That it won't benefit you in any way. You just happen to be really good at it. Like, not I'm not. really absurdly good at Papa Shot basketball. It will do nothing for me Eating ever. Eating fries on a Friday morning. Yeah, he's really yeah, good at yeah. that. And he's having be- Friday morning French fries. Yeah, fr- Hopefully, it'll Friday be about r- at running the board. Hopefully, he'll be really good <laughs> at being a producer of this show. Um, that's what we were trying to find out the other day is people's superpowers. And, and Paul said it was six degrees of separation from Kevin Bacon. I threw out a name, and he was like, well, I need more time. I don't, like, that's I, not I, a superpower. I think that... that- Kevin Bacon's the only one that can do instant recall like that with with it. No, I'm re- no. I'm there really, are people that are really good at that game. I'm really good at stat cup. I don't know if that will ever be useful for that's, anything. That's but that's what we're looking for. Right. Like that's what we're looking but, but like it's it's to a point where people don't come next to me when that's, we play because they're that's like that's the type of thing that we're looking for. Okay. That's the type of what's a your super. Nobody has yeah. actual superpowers. No, Nobody can actually fly. Believe it or not. Um, Cassidy's working on it. Uh, I'm working on uh, she was working on invisibility. Um, but but I, what's your own this thing that you are so good at? But it doesn't help in any way. Like oh, yeah. it De- absolutely is of yeah. no yeah. benefit whatsoever. Like I have I have a friend and she's just an absurdly good scratch bowler. Like not good enough that she could ever be on tour. But every time we go out, she just kicks everybody's asses. And I'm like, what? Mm. 
What is that? Where does that come from? That you're bowling 200 and <laughs> everybody else is bowling 90. Like, where is that? And it's just that's that's her superpower. All right, Cass, that was a good. That was a good. Did Thank this you. really happen? And yeah, Brian Powell, I saw that my guy is starting 31st in the Daytona 500, which is not ideal. It's not ideal, but as we know, half the field's gonna be taken out by crashes anyway. So. Really, the, day, the story of the Daytona 500 is who avoids their crashes. That's that's really the entirety of the story, and it's why it's it is quite difficult to bet on it. That's what that's what John Klausmeyer said uh, yesterday. He said we can win this race if we stay out it's, of the wreck. It's as simple as like like how good you are. How it really just comes down to like are you fortunate enough to avoid the big ones? Like that's really the story of the Daytona 500. Why are wrecks so so commonplace? At Super the speedway Daytona? racing, man. Super speedway racing. It's like oh that's what they want. They want there to be more action. They want there to be more of that stuff. And what comes with more action is more huge crashes. But what makes the Daytona 500 more accident? Well, it's, it's the Daytona. It's but it, any of the super speedways. It's Talladega. It's any of the places where they have more. They they're forcing more passing, more actual. Gotcha. It's less just fall in line and race. More is, cars and whatnot. Well, it's not. It's not the same number of cars in every race. It's oh. just the the nature, the size of the speedway. There is more to to happen. That causes the wrecks. Also, they use different. If I remember correctly, somebody's gonna have to correct me if I'm wrong. I think this package of the car is different for this. Somebody, Brian, you know about NASCAR. You'll tell me this. I think there's the part of the package for the car is different at the super speedways than they are when they run at different places. Like on, on a, you go street racing, you couldn't possibly have that much action. There's so many turns. There's not enough room for there to be that type of action during the course of a race. It makes the pits more important. It makes things like that more important when you go somewhere like this at a super speedway. There is room to go racing, like to actually have a car race. Mm-hmm. And so that's what leads to all of those things. Says the NASCAR expert. <laughs> it's very funny that I'm the one sitting here pretending like I know what I'm talking about. I have no clue. I just know what other people have regurgitated to me as I get ready to try to bet the Daytona 500. When we come back in, we're going to meet the new athletic director at Towson University. Dr. Steven Eigenbrot is going to join us next Uh, Hour number one of today's program, also brought to you by your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Make the most out of every day in a Toyota RAV4 available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. It's Glenn Clark Radio. After being virtual in 2021, the CIAA Men's and Women's Basketball Tournament is headed to Charm City this February 22nd through 26th. The CIAA is an event that has become a celebration of family, culture, and accomplishments that uplift and strengthen the African-American community. See the excitement in person as some of the best college basketball in the country comes to Baltimore's Royal Farms Arena with the CIAA Men's and Women's Conference Tournament. Get your tickets now at CIAA. CIAATournament.org. That's CIAATournament.org. Sports betting has come to Maryland, and we're ready to help you win some money. Tune in for Simply the Bets with Glenn Clark and Paul Valley every Wednesday morning at 11.30. Vandal Sportsbook GM Bruce Billick and VSIN's Aaron Oster join the guys every week to give you all the info you need and even to offer a few winners. So come win some money with us on Simply the Bets every Wednesday at 11.30 a.m. Brought to you by the Vandal Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Listen at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio and watch at YouTube.com slash slash press box online. 
Glory Days Grill's winter seasonal menu is back with comfort classics like their house-made meatloaf and short rib grilled cheese. It also features the center-cut sirloin with grilled shrimp, the char-grilled pork tenderloin, grilled meatloaf sandwich, smoky thigh wings with Alabama barbecue sauce, and a Brussels and bacon appetizer. All of these items pair well with Devil's Backbone 8-point IPA or their anniversary IPA brewed by Devil's Backbone. And try their seasonal cocktails, Blood Orange Burger, Bourbon Cider, Apple Ginger Mule, and Captain's Hot Cider. Find out more and get your order in today at glorydaysgrill.com. Great food, good sports. It's another cold winter here in Baltimore, but this time there's no hot stove to warm you up. Hi, I'm Paul Valley, and while there may be no activity in the world of baseball, I'll still be here every week with my co-host Zach Goodman to give you all the latest in the CBA negotiations as teams look to get back on the field in time for spring training. You can watch us live every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon at youtube.com slash pressboxonline or facebook.com slash pressboxsports and listen at pressboxonline.com slash radio. So tune in every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon for the latest in baseball coverage right here on the Battleround. We can't imagine why you'd want to, but you can watch GCR live. It's at facebook.com slash pressboxsports and try to guess whether these guys are wearing any pants. All right, back in here on GCR. Brian Powell, yes, the further explanation. It's, it is part, they race a different package for the car, but also they race in packs because the airflow off the cars around them gives them more speed one little mistake can collect a lot of cars, and that's what leads to the the big one or these big wrecks that you see at Daytona and why that's such a part of the story for the race. Again, you just go to a Live Casino in a Hotel Maryland's various social pages, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You'll see I did a bunch of research on this. I got a pick for you, and I feel pretty good about it. In fact, John from Little Rock says he loves our pick. Yeah, I got my guy. You can get your money in, go to the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, and put your bets down for Sunday. Uh, Pretty good start to uh, this man's tenure as the athletic director at Towson. He was down on the road last night in Wilmington and got to watch the Tigers throttle the first-place team in the CAA as they look really good. Um, It's a great story. He's a Maryland alum. He's coming back to the area to take over as athletic director at Towson. We welcome for the first time here to GCR. Dr. Steven Eigenbrod, the new athletic director. Uh, doctor, it's uh, Glenn and Paul in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, please, uh, Steve will do Steve just Steve will fine. be fine. All yeah. right. I, I try well, to show appropriate respect, but, you know, we can, no, we can, you're good. You're we can good. go with I, that. I, I do appreciate it, but uh, I've been called a lot worse than Steve, <laughs> and we, we can settle on that for sure. But yeah, what a what a night last night for the basketball program. Man, Coach Curry had the guys going, and that was a that was a ton of fun in a hostile environment. I guess this means you're never going to be able to skip a game uh, during your tenure as athletics director because you're clearly some sort of good luck charm, man. My God, like yeah. you couldn't ask for anything better than that. No, you couldn't. I got a chance to watch the men's lacrosse game. Uh, after my press conference, and they got down three to one early, and I was worried that uh, I might get run out on a rail before uh, <laughs> the whole thing gets going. But they ended up coming back, and, and they had a great win. And uh, yeah, last night was was a special one to go into the hostile environment against the first place team and to walk out with a twenty plus point victory. You can't ask for a whole lot more than that. Remarkable, so. remarkable stuff. 
Steve, great um, athletic directing for sure. Yeah, correct. I mean, you couldn't be doing any better right now. I don't know what the, I don't know what, exactly how much you've done, but it couldn't be any better yeah, at nothing. this point. Steve, um, your journey to uh, to end up here at Towson um, as athletics director. I mentioned your background. You were at the University of Maryland, and then you've been all over the place. Um, to, for it to come full circle, if you will, like not you know completely full circle, but back to this place. Um, can you can you put into words exactly what it means to you to get this opportunity in a in a part of the world that you're you know pretty familiar with? Yeah, it, it's it's hard to uh, you know in this in this line of work. I like to say there's two kinds of people: there's job people and there's place people. And uh, I've been fortunate enough to live in a lot of great places, but you know being open to kind of you got to go where you got to go. I mean, there's only but so many you know, 300 plus Division One institutions, and a lot of them are in little kind of far off locations. And for, for us to land an opportunity that is this close to my roots in a neck of the woods that I feel like I know, neck of the woods where uh, you know almost all my friends uh, live and reside, and being close to friends and family, and, and that's a that's a that's a great part of the story. But you need to throw into the fact that Towson has some really amazing things going on for it right now. You find a president that you really think you're gonna you're gonna bode well with. Uh, haven't been around the head coaches during my uh, my trip to Baltimore, and then also uh, you know see the facilities. I didn't get a chance to go on campus during the interview, so there was a lot of kind of checking things out online. But but you all know it better than I did. You know the facilities are in a really good place. You got a lot of good people that are there. The people make the place, and again I'm familiar with the place being the the greater you know DMV area. But yeah, I I just couldn't be more uh, more excited about it, and uh, I gave you more than you asked no, for. No, right it's, it's yeah, exactly it's, it's, it's really exciting. Steve Eigenbrot's the new athletic director at Towson. He joins us here on Glenn Clark Radio. Steve, I'm I'm sure in in looking at a job like this, part of it is you you're trying to identify opportunity, right? Um, in 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 just doing your preparation and going through the process and getting ready for the job. Where did you see, like, opportunity for Towson Athletics? Where did you see, like, hey, th- th- we're doing these things well. Here's where I think I can put my mark and continue to help this program grow. Yeah, I'd like to think that a lot of it has to do with the landscape, quite honestly, of the CAA. And I think there's a couple things. I'll answer your question more directly about what I might be able to do. Um, but really, you know, losing James Madison – Bringing in three other institutions, I think we're still poised for some from, from some future growth. You know, the the background, the history of Towson, you know, is a little bit all over the map. And, and now we find a shifting landscape in college athletics, we're very well positioned, well resourced amongst our peer institutions, and that hasn't necessarily always been the case. So I think that leaves the university poised for great success. You know, coming into this, I'm I'm a fundraiser by trade. Mm-hmm. That's what I've spent most of my life doing. And I think the great uh, trajectory that the university is on in terms of the investments they've made, how much that campus has changed over the last decade, we've got to go out, an opportunity to go out, talk to donors, engage our fan base, engage students, make sure that their their student experience is really more robust. You know, being at Wilmington last night, I'll give Jimmy Bass and the folks at uh, UNC Wilmington a lot of credit. They they really showed out, and that, that... you know, the angle, angle from TV was definitely they, – they, they packed that place the right way. It wasn't quite as, as full on the other side. But, you know, getting students out to our game, make sure they have a robust experience so that then when they go on, they understand that Towson Athletics was an important part of their time on campus and it's something that they want to give back on, they want to participate in, they want to raise their families 
um, in that atmosphere. So I think that's a great opportunity where I can kind of plug into some of my, my background and, and expertise is probably the wrong word, but my, you know, my history and, and bring us up a little bit higher. But I think the external factors come together as well as anything that we're in a really good time right now to, to be a Tiger. You uh, obviously your time at South Carolina, of course, a, a massive football program. Uh, Towson football can never be South Carolina football, right? Like it's just impossible for that to be the case. Um, but this is a program that's not that far removed from playing for a national championship, and we know the many good things they've done over uh, under Rob Ambrose. How much does that help when you take a job like this for it to be somewhere where you know football can be a very big deal moving forward? Yeah, it, it's massive. It's massive. I mean, you know, I'm not here to talk about other people's business, but you see the shifting landscape and you see some schools that are that are jumping up away from the FCS, FCS level. And it makes, my, makes me scratch my head a little bit because, you know, all, all kudos to Cincinnati for getting in the CFP. But the group of five schools, there's not a long track record in the current playoff model for right. them to really get in the mix. And, and being at the FCS level, where we are from a research perspective, the kind of institution that we're at, you know, having having been there before, CAA obviously is a very uh, weighty conference when it relates to you know football at the FCS level, and you know, you're not just an also ran in that conference. You, you've you've been there before, so yeah, that, it's it, it, that, that's definitely promising to see. Quite honestly, had that year not happened, I think you've got to look at the way we resource football and we resource our athletics department and say, well, hey, why not? Why not us? And again, I think there's some facilities things that that I'm gonna you know roll my sleeves and, and try and address, and I need to listen to a lot of people to make sure that. You know, my perceptions of the way things are is 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 you know, aligned with those that have, have walked a mile in the shoes, the people that have been around the department for a long time. You know, I'm definitely the outsider coming in. I might have some local roots, but there's a, a lot of people on that campus that will forget more about the the university and the athletics department than I'll ever know. So i, I got to lean on them and, and try and make sure that, you know, what I'm seeing is, you know, bodes with the opinions of others. But, uh, yeah, it, 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 that's massive, the fact that you've been there before, without a doubt. Um, did you have any like personal relationships with them? I mean, this is this is college athletics that we're talking about, right? Like everybody seems to know everybody. And was there was there anyone that you had a particularly strong relationship with on campus that that you talked to during this process, or you know, just sort of a unique situation where like that it, it just so happens that there weren't many of those this time around? Uh, yeah, no, there, there really wasn't that, that throughout the process. I, I said this during my press conference. You know, this is one of the jobs I've been fortunate enough to. You know, try this out a couple times and interview for AD jobs, and, and a couple of them, you know, weren't for my family, and I learned that early in the process. And a couple of the places said that they, they that, you know, I wasn't necessary for them or it wasn't the right fit. And uh, I'll tell you what, none of them were were ones that I was ex- as excited about as this one. And there, I don't need to tell you that there's a fact that proves it. This is the first one where I was I was literally reaching out to search firms and saying, hey, whoever gets this search, like if you if you all Please, get this right, on this one, right. like like like. like yeah, I, I want I want that. Yeah. Um, so it's Terry Porter who oversees the compliance uh, staff. He was my colleague at uh, the University of South Carolina. Okay. Uh, back in like fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. But you know, Terry didn't find out that I was in the mix until I think I already got the job. So uh, no, it was really just something that uh, I, I was I was passionate about. I, I've always watched the school. I mentioned at my press conference, you know, when I was a student athlete in high school, I kind of had some aspirations of, of playing at the at this level, and that was a school that was very much on my radar. And I got a couple letters in the mail, and, then, and I, I wasn't very good, and I also hurt hurt my liver pretty good. And <laughs> that kind of ended my, okay. uh, my my pursuit of collegiate athletics. But I've watched it from afar, and I've always realized the success that they're having, and heard people, you know, 
mispronounce the name, or just today I was at breakfast with a donor and he said, you know, Towson State, and I'm like, no, that's oh, that, you know, that's not it. Oh boy. But 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 despite that, we're still winning a lot, right? So, so we we got to work on the branding, we got to work on our national presence, but it's not like they're they're messing it up and we're not successful. We're we're not an also ran at the mid major level. No. So that to me is a recipe for success, right? It's not like people don't even know who you are and you can't win. No, it's a great point. And people don't know maybe the story outside of the region, and, and I think we can work on that. Yeah, to your point, obviously, in, in the last few years, I, I bring up the football thing, but, you know, we see how good the basketball team is this year. Lacrosse has made, you know, great NCAA tournament runs, women's basketball in the NCAA tournament. I mean, there's clearly been a great deal of success. Um, so I saw on your Twitter account that before you took the job, you had retweeted something from Justin Fenton um, about the Eigenbrot Brewery. Uh, being on fire in Southwest Ball. Is there a connection there? Like, is there something we should know about the uh, the Eigenbright family? Yeah, so my family, again, family ties. Uh, my dad was born in downtown Baltimore, Bonsecure Hospital. And, you know, that's where, uh, you know, that, that's where his family grew up. And, you know, I think 1871, you know, family started a brewery. I, I think Prohibition, you know, front end or back end, I don't really remember the story, is what, uh, you know, threw them out of business eventually. And uh, the brewery stood, and, and the funny story I told at this press conference, I mean, it's, just, it's, it's true, you know, hand to God, 9.45 in the morning, my buddies who I told probably since November when the job came open that, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm going to try and find a way to come home, boys, uh, I, I, I said it to him tried and true, and Justin was my college roommate. He walks out of his wow. uh, house, sees, sees, sees smoke, and uh, he follows the smoke like a good crime reporter should, and he text messages to the group, a uh, picture of fire, and says, hey, guys, uh, Bad omen. Eigenbrot's not getting the job. I know he's supposed to be here today, but the family brewery's on fire. This can't be good. And uh, you know, one of the guys on the chain says, "Yo, hold on a second. That smoke is white. Uh, I'm a Catholic. That means that the vote is in." Oh, right. This is, we got a new pope, right? Yeah. yeah exactly. Exactly. So it may it may have not been me, but it wasn't necessarily a bad omen. It had it been black smoke, then I guess they would have punted on the search and started all over or wow. whatever they do at uh, the conclave. But yeah, so that was. Justin and I were, were college roommates, remain good friends. He's like I said, all, all pretty much all my friends live in either Baltimore or DC on account of going to that other uh, state institution. So uh, that, uh, yeah, was that cool was story. that enough to get you like a, a you know a cameo and we own the city or did, did you did you try to maybe like needle him a little bit like hey man you know put in a word for me I, I can be an extra I could walk around in the background on on HBO well, here. It's it's funny that you say that. Uh, pretty much every other person that's on the text message chain I just talked about. I think they all are, are in that uh, some way, shape, or form. That's pretty great. Uh, being down here in South Carolina when a lot of that was going on, I don't know if they're done shooting or not, so I might need to place a, a call to Justin. He certainly hasn't re-offered it, and maybe with my new uh, status, it may uh, provide some oddities to see the uh, athletics director at Dallas walking around in the background of some shot, but I'm not beyond giving it a try. You so say I that. I have a phone call when we hang up. One of like, the famous stories from The Wire is that uh, former Maryland assistant basketball coach, Bino Ranson, was like like the guy in the basketball uh, scene that day. Like It's a, one of the more famous stories that people know about the infamous basketball episode of The Wire is that legitimately Bino was a baller here in Baltimore and um, ended up back here at the University of Maryland as an assistant coach. So it uh, could be one of those oddities that we talk about for years to come when it comes to We Own This City, which I'm sure is going to be just phenomenal because the book is, like, it, it's it's unbelievable. And, of course, it's Justin. He's, yeah, he's yeah. it's definitely a very proud moment to see all the success that, no uh, doubt, that my good friend is, ha- is having and, and also, uh, you know, a very cool tie, that, certainly back to the, 
Baltimore area. Steven Eigenbrot, a new athletic director at Towson University. Give me one other thing that we should know about you personally. Give me one other thing, like, you know, when you're not, uh, you know, being a dad, when you're not uh, being an athletics director, like, what's, what's something that you're into? Where, where might we find you if you get a moment away, like, on a Friday night? It's... Yeah, so Friday night, where I guess we're not night golfing, because that was going to be the, uh, the answer to my, my question. Okay, you're a golfer. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a golfer. I'm a voracious reader. I really like skiing as well, but that probably is, is not a Friday night activity either. So, um, you know, Friday nights are, are usually kind of spent being an old, old fella, and, and if you, were, you know, I had a sporting event, trying to unwind with the, uh, the wife, and, 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 you know, my child goes to bed pretty early, but that's a, that's a good time to catch your breath. Friday nights are a pretty good marker of where you are in life, I've found. And, uh, you know, especially in the Southeastern Conference, we don't tend to have a lot of uh, sporting events on Friday nights until baseball season starts. So, yeah, those those nights are chill. But I I definitely enjoy um, a round of golf and, uh, you know, a good time on a – on a boat or on a beach, uh, those are definitely things. But none of those are night activities, so you kind of stumped me there no, with the Friday night. No, you answered the question a different way. You gave me what I wanted to know. That's that's what we were looking for. I just phrased it wrong. All right, at Steve Eig, uh, E-I-G, at Steve Eig on Twitter is how you give him a follow. And, of course, uh, he's going to be hopefully uh, excited about a run towards the NCAA tournament here in a, in a couple of weeks for the Towson Tigers as they are. They look really, really good. Uh, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm a – very jacked up i already booked my flight before i got introduced at the press conference i'd already booked flights i'm going to dc for the men's basketball tournament flying from there to tampa for the southeastern conference tournament and then whenever uh the game talks are done if there's if there's a window and hopefully there's not and frank martin leads our boys all the way to the championship game and we win but if that doesn't work out then i'm gonna i'm gonna fly to philly and make sure that i, that I root it on coach uh, diane them, that's uh, awesome. Work in that's so I'm, awesome. I'm excited. Excellent. Uh, Steve, congratulations. Looking forward to getting to know you more as uh, you get yourself situated here in, uh, in Baltimore in the coming months. Thanks so much for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning, and, and best of luck, all right? It's... Thank you so much for having me on. really appreciate you all. Look forward to uh, linking up again. Absolutely. Steve Eigenbrot, the uh, new athletics director at Towson University, checking in with us here this morning on GCR. Coming up next week at Royal Farms Arena, the CIAA Tournament, Tuesday through Saturday, the 22nd through the 26th. Did I do that math right? It's, yeah, Tuesday through Saturday, 22nd through 26th, CIAA Tournament.org. That's CIAA Tournament.org in order to get your tickets. It's going to be an amazing event. It's going to take over the entire city. There's so much going on, so many elements and aspects to the CIAA Tournament. It is truly a cultural event. You're going to be want to be a part of it and feel it and understand why it is so important to so many people. The CIAA Tournament, again, CIAA Tournament, C-I-A-A, tournament.org, in order to get your tickets. From, uh, oh, yeah, you know what? I've, a couple people have sent this to me. So I guess the expansion's now off the table for the college football playoff. They've announced that the format will remain four teams for the 2025 season, abandoning the efforts to expand. This is from Ralph Russo of the AP on Twitter. Uh, abandoning efforts to expand to 12 before the end of the current 12-year TV contract with ESPN, the management committee will now focus on a new playoff format for 2026. Okay. I mean, I, I don't really know how to follow that up. I think it's silly. I, I, don't, I don't get it at all. There's a bunch of money to be made for a bunch of people, so why wouldn't they just bail? Like, why wouldn't they just say, eh, sorry, can't do it, can't figure it out? I mean, whatever, whatever. I'm not, I'm not all that worked up about it. I got to tell you something. Uh, give me two minutes here. 
y'all see the video of, of Nick Saban that was floating around last night on social media? I did not. So Nick Saban spoke to some group and he was speaking about accountability and and within the context of a team. And it was being shared breathlessly, like how how great is Nick Saban, how smart is Nick Saban? This is such a wonderful message. And and the video starts going into Henry Ruggs. And and he says, I should probably pull it up so I don't end up butchering this, right? I'm like, let me let me pull up this video and I don't know how well it's gonna play over the air. So part of the problem when we do things like this, but maybe I can send it to Paul and Paul can play it because this isn't music. We won't we won't get kicked off um, the uh, the internet for sharing this. You know, that uh, the video seems to have disappeared. That seems odd. That seems odd. Why has the video kind of disappeared from Twitter? Um, oh, you know what? Is this it? Let me see if this is it. Let me see. I I have a problem with it, and I and I. Oh, hang on. Of course, my, there's my stupid voice in the background. Nah, it's not the video. It's something else. He talks about specifically about Henry Ruggs. And ah, I got to find it. I'm sorry. I should have prepped this beforehand. I'm, I'm, I wanted to talk about this today, and then I forgot I wanted to talk about this today. I found it. I don't know if this video itself, but I got quotes. That'll, that'll be good enough. Nick Saban. Quote, well, if there was a player in Las Vegas who was drinking at 3 o'clock in the morning with his buddies and his girlfriend and somebody would have taken his keys away, it probably would have pissed him off, probably would have made him mad. He probably wouldn't have thought very much of you for doing that. But would he be better off now? Or is he better off where he was going 156 miles an hour and running into the ass end of somebody and killing them? So what kind of friend were you? And he went on to, part of it that bothered me is he really drove in the idea that Henry Ruggs, he's a good kid that never had any problems. And what he's, this was shared so breathlessly. What a great message from Nick Saban. And the same way that every time Nick Saban talks, people seem to like, because he's famous and because he's won a bunch of championships, we just say everything he says is really smart and he's, you know, he's on top of everything. And a small part of that is worth sharing 100%. You should have the balls to literally rip a key, uh, friend's keys out of their hand. Papa Cass talks about how she goes out and picks everybody up. She'll literally get in her pajamas, go to bed, and then go pick everybody up at the bars. You absolutely should be that person. But the way that it was presented is a huge problem because it reeks of I want to try to whitewash the story of Henry Ruggs. Henry Ruggs is a good guy. It's someone else's fault that he did what he did. It utterly takes away the part of personal accountability. I don't give a rat's ass if Henry Ruggs was a good guy in college. I don't care at all. You are responsible for your own actions. It's not your friend's responsibility to get you to not drink and drive. It's a wonderful thing if your friends do. That's a wonderful thing for your friends to step in and have the balls to say, I will literally fight you to get your keys away from you. That's incredible if your friends will do that. But it ain't their responsibility. Henry Ruggs is in the situation he's in for one reason. Because of himself. Paul and I have both openly admitted to have gotten DUIs in our lives. You know whose fault mine was? Mine. 
Not anybody else's. Not the guys that I was out with that night. Nobody's but mine. I get it'd be great if you were out with people, but the idea of blaming it's their fault? F that. I get it. When Nick Saban says something, we just we, we drown out reality and just fall in love with the idea that Nick Saban is so smart, but it utterly whitewashes what actually happened, which is someone, an individual, effed up. And it wasn't Henry Ruggs' friends. I don't even know the story. Like, I don't know who he was out with. I don't even know, you know, it ain't them. It's him. Period. And there is no deflection of that. There is no, well, somebody else would have just taken the keys from him. No. 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 Stop it. Start the conversation with Henry effed up. It's all on him. But I would encourage you, the next time you're in that situation, if you have an opportunity to get a key away from somebody, do it. But he effed up, period. Not he's a good kid and his friends screwed up by not taking his keys away. He screwed up individually, singularly. No one else is at fault. No one. But it's Nick Saban. So when Nick Saban says it, oh, God, this is, we need to share this video and everybody needs to see it and everybody needs to understand this. No. He's whitewashing what occurred. There is one person that is responsible for killing a woman that night. One. And it ain't Henry Ruggs' friend. It's him. I guess I need to say allegedly because I guess there's still going to be a court proceeding that's going to determine that. But based on all the evidence we have, it ain't somebody else's responsibility. You want to go out and you want to go drinking, you need to have a game plan. What am I doing? Is there somewhere I can leave my car? Can I take an Uber? Can I do any of those things? It's not someone else's responsibility. It's on you, individually, period. Arrange something with a friend. Hopefully you got a pop of cast in your life that's willing to come pick you up at the bar. Arrange something. But this notion that it's on somebody else to take the keys away, there's two different things there. 100%. It'd be wonderful if someone would do that. And I would constantly encourage you to never default to it. I got a, we got a brewery out by my house. And um, once, twice a year, I'll try to invite people to come out to that brewery. And I've done this, where I've literally said to a buddy of mine, you're just going to come back to my house for a while. Fought them. Said, you're going to come back to my house. And we'll hang out there. I don't care if my wife's mad. Like, I don't care if she, she'll make it. Like, you're going to come back to my house for a little while. Because I had to learn. I effed up. I admit that. I effed up. But it ain't on anybody else. I didn't call the next day and say to my buddies, you screwed up. No, I screwed up. Period. And the results could have been fatal, and I'm grateful that they weren't. Personal accountability. Nick Saban probably doesn't like the fact that he's associated with Henry Ruggs, who killed a person. But there's no putting it on somebody else. There's no, it's somebody else's fault that Henry Ruggs made the decision that he made. No, nonsense. It's one person's fault, period. It is irrelevant what type of kid he was. 
irrelevant. He could have taken old ladies to church every Sunday morning. It utterly irrelevant. He stepped into a vehicle, drunk, and killed someone. It is nonsense. You can stop breathlessly sharing the video. Think critically. Say, hey, actually, no. No, it's not on Henry Ruggs friends at all. Again, it'd be great if they could. It'd be great in any situation where the opportunity to forcibly take someone's keys away from them. I would 100% encourage you to do it, but it ain't their fault. Not even a small bit. It's one person's fault. And we have to do a better job of understanding personal responsibility. Must. And stop perpetuating this nonsense because Nick Saban doesn't like the fact he's trying to retell the story of Henry Ruggs. Ah, he's just a really good kid and his friends let him down. No, they didn't. He made a fatal decision. And again, I know how that can happen because I made a decision that could have been fatal. And I'm grateful that it did, that it wasn't. I don't know that it makes Henry Ruggs evil. But he did something that cost someone else their lives. There's no putting that on somebody else. There's no saying that's the responsibility of another human being. That's your responsibility. You make the decision to go out and drink. You make the decision I get it. People like to drink. I understand. I'm not telling you to stop drinking. I'm saying you need to be more responsible. Responsible, And that's not on your friends. That's on you. You can find the video, I'm sure. I'm sure it's available if you want to go search for it. I'm sure it's out there. And it's being breathlessly passed along by Blue Checks. Oh, this is so smart. Look at Nick Saban nails it again. He gets it. We all should listen to this message. No, he doesn't get it. And if anybody, I would like to think that a coach normally is the type of person that talks about personal accountability. You take responsibility for your actions. You, singularly, on you, no one else. It ain't Nick Saban's fault either that Henry Ruggs did this. I'm not trying to portray that in any way. Of course it's not Nick Saban's fault. But it is irrelevant. Henry Ruggs is a good kid who never had a problem in our program. Who gives a rat's ass? Who cares what type of kid Henry Ruggs was? I mean, he's going to continue to live, and I hope that he makes better decisions moving forward. I hope that when, whenever he has served his time and all of that plays out, he is someone who is far more beneficial to society than the decision that he made that night. And again, I know that as someone who made a terrible decision. I, we all should strive to be better in that way. But personal accountability on us. It's not my buddy Tommy's fault that I went out and got drunk and got behind the wheel of a car. It ain't. It's my fault. I was an adult. I was Henry Ruggs' age. Sure, I'm far smarter today than I was then, but I was smart enough to know better. I just thought I was invincible. Because... I was an idiot. Sorry, that took a took a turn. But I saw that video being passed around last night, and I couldn't believe the quickness with which people were just saying, this is so smart. 
No. No. Not that. Personal accountability, period. It's very difficult to do a, a transition from something that heavy. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to... Today's show is also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy Football. I know Lil Jordan's a big underdog guy. I love underdog. Came up one half catch short. on. What did you hit? Did you hit something? Turn Jordan's microphone back on. I had, I had six stars left in my account. Yeah. And then uh, I had all, all of my legs hit. Except the OBJ leg. Be, oh, because he got be hurt. Because he got yeah, hurt. I got so. I got screwed by. I felt a half leg, a catch. I get it. Right, not bad. I fell a half a catch short on Cooper Cup in the Super Bowl. That's son of a bitch. Eight Super Bowl MVP couldn't even get nine catches. Jerk. Anyway, it's a lot of fun to play underdog. You feel like you're betting player props, parlays, things along those lines. Yes, football season is over, but they've got basketball games and hockey. And if we ever get around to playing baseball, they're gonna have that too. Use the code PRESSBOX when you make your first deposit up to $100. We will match it with free money for you to play with. UnderdogFantasy.com or download the Underdog Fantasy app. So a huge story this week. The Olympics are winding down this weekend. A massive story this week in the world of figure skating. And admittedly, I am not an expert. But I saw, you know, I've been friends with our next guest on social media for a very long time. And, and someone who we've known uh, over the years, and of course, you know, her own accomplishments, world champion, Olympian. Um, she had some strong things to say about it. And so I just wanted to see if she could talk to us in part because I don't fully understand it. And I'd like to be a little bit more knowledgeable about the controversy this week in the world of figure skating. It's always a pleasure to welcome back to the show the pride of Hartford County. She is Kimmy Meisner, and he's ba- she's back with us here on GCR. Kimmy, it's Glenn and Paul. It's so great to catch up with you. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Yeah, thanks for having me on. It's great to talk with you guys it's, again. It's been too long. How's everything going? Yeah. I, I, you are like you've completely changed your world path these days. Like <laughs> yeah, you are. Like, what, so tell for people that don't know, what are you up to now? Um, so I, you know, I did skating for a little while, competing, and then I did special skating, and then I went back to school to be a physician assistant, and I just kind of like went a complete opposite direction. Yeah, big <laughs> so, time. Yeah, so now that's that's what I'm doing most of the time. I'm over at the hospital, and then I coach skating um, my days off. So okay, so, what I'm doing. so you've not like completely abandoned skating. It's still very much in your blood. It's just that like oh, yeah. you have a career now that uh, skating is. Right. Skating is one of those things. You try to get away from it, and it always pulls you back. You just can't get away from it. I understand that. I completely get I mean, how old were you when you started skating, by the way? I was six. Right. When I started, yeah. Yeah, you start doing something at six. It's going to be very difficult at some point. It's like all you've ever known. It's very difficult to just have a clean break. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) All right. So, so Kimmy, um, this story this week. And yeah. and I again, I'm I, I'm asking you to try to explain it to me because I think from the outside, we can be confused by a lot of things. Like, okay, so she did this, but she didn't really do it, or she didn't mean to do it. But does that matter? Can you give us the thumbnail version? Like like again, dumb it down. Talk to me like I was five, <laughs> and try <laughs> to explain to me exactly what happened this week. Yeah, I can do my best. I'm still some of this. You know, there's a lot of information they still hadn't let us know or talked to us about, but. Basically, she was coming in, Camila Valieva, she's a, a phenomenal Russian skater, she's only 15 years old, she was coming in as a favorite to win. Um, she had a positive test back on Christmas Day, um, which wasn't known about, and I guess the results didn't come back in until after she had already competed in a team event, so she has already competed at the Olympics. So she was initially put on a probation by the Russian Anti-Doping Association, and then... 
I guess they did a little bit of investigation for a couple of days, and then they lifted that ban. And then the International Olympic Committee, as well as the Center for Arbitration of Sport, appealed that decision. And then they went, they were trying to find out a little bit more information about it and whether or not she should compete in the individual event. And ultimately, they decided to let her compete with a positive test result. So it's not great. No. So, and I could <laughs> sense from your response on Twitter, like, the, and, and it's obviously, it's not just you, right? Like, it's very yeah. clear. This is an opinion that is shared by a great number of people. Um, I, I think it, without being as direct in a, a few ways, I think Johnny and Tara kind of made it very clear where they stood on this. This was right. this was quite a controversial decision. Why, to you, is it so problematic that she was allowed to compete in the individual competition? As an athlete, I think we all have the understanding that you know clean sport is you know number one. Like we all know, and even as young young people, when, you know, when I was fourteen, I was extremely aware of what I was putting into my body. I was terrified of eating bagels just in case there were poppy seeds on it. Wow. I mean, we you know we get tested a lot. You know, a lot of random drug tests as soon as you're in that selection pool. So I think that you you know you're always aware of it. So when I first found out the news, I, I'm a big fan of Camila. I love her. I was rooting for her. I wanted her to win and I just couldn't wait to watch her compete. So when I first found out the news, I was just shocked um, that it was her. I was really hoping that it wasn't. But then even more so, I think to kind of go back on the general ideals that we all compete under and to allow someone who had a positive test compete, it's it's really like just disillusions you because you're like, wait a minute, I've lived my whole life with the understanding that, mm. you know, we all are competing clean and we all are here for the same, you know, purpose and under the same kind of rules here. And, you know, there's a lot of other athletes who had positive tests and they were not looked so kindly upon. Um, I think that's where a lot of the frustration lies. It's not, I, and I, I feel like too, I've seen a lot of things on Twitter where it's, it's people think that, you know, you're directly attacking the skater. And I just want to be clear, a hundred percent, it's not a personal attack against right. her. Unfortunately, she was thrown into the mix of this. And I really feel that the adults around her completely failed her. Um, because again, she is 15 and she probably is aware of what's going on, but we also need to recognize that she's not competing in the U S under the standards that we all know. She's coming from a completely different country. They have a completely different standard of coaching there. She may not have been aware. I don't know. None of us really know yet, you know? So I think that's something to keep in mind when you're looking at the situation too. But the bottom line is she had a positive test. You shouldn't be allowed to compete. So I know what the answer is to this. Kimmy Meisner is with us on GCR. I know what the answer is, but I'm going to ask you to explain it anyway, because I feel like there's somebody who sits at home, watches all this unfold, and say, well, if she didn't know that she Mm -hmm. was doing something wrong, like, doesn't it feel like, isn't there something hanky about punishing someone for doing something wrong they didn't even know they were doing, right? She's a 15-year-old girl. She has no idea. We all know she's a, a great skater no matter what. Like, wouldn't it just be awful to punish her when it might not necessarily be her fault that she's in this position? So mm-hmm. I, I know what the response is to that, Kimmy, but I think you saying it is more powerful than me saying it because I don't even know how to skate. So <laughs> can, right. can you respond to that for me instead? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, and that's definitely, I think, somebody who's not in the sport, I think that's definitely something that when you, you look at the situation, that's what you're thinking. But it's there's really no black and white area when it comes to drug testing and doping that in her situation and just surrounding surrounding her as a person that situation is like a lot more complicated but when it comes to a positive test negative test that's not if you have a positive test whether you knew it or not whether you knew what you were putting into your body or not it's a positive test and you need to be you know not allowed to compete until that until the investigation is completed yep 
But with her situation, of course, you look at it and you're like, where the heck were her coaches? And, you know, already that coaching team is problematic, and that's another issue that I think a lot of us in the skating world are we're aware of it and nothing's really ever done about it. So, you know, where were they <laughs> and why, why didn't they help her through that? How come they didn't come forward and try to take some of this weight off of her shoulders? Instead, they're just like kind of fed her to the wolves. I'm just, you know, why did we let that happen? And, you know, I don't know if you watch the event, but watching it, you're seeing these young girls at the end of the event just completely breaking down. Uh, you know, uh, you remember what it's like to be 15 and everything is so, I mean, it's, everything's so important. You know, one little thing goes wrong and it's, it's the end of the world. I mean, I just, I just hated watching that. It was heartbreaking for me because you just know their whole world is shifting and it wasn't just her. Everyone was affected by this decision. And that's why I'm like, why did we think that was a great idea? Well, let her I, go and do that. There's so much <laughs> awkwardness involved with this. Like she literally yeah. won a gold medal as part of the, and like now they can't even give out the gold medal, like be- because there's got to be an investigation, and who knows if they're are they're really going to be the gold medalists or not. Like there is so much awkwardness that surrounds this. That you know, only the biggest competition in the entire world. Exactly, everything you're working your life for, and in skating, you know, this only comes around once every four years. You get like right. you know, a total of six minutes together, you know, to throw throw everything you've got out there. So there's already a lot of uncertainty anyways, and at the Olympics we usually see you know, these performances. Some people fall apart, some people rise to the occasion, so there was already a lot of uncertainty around it. I mean, they did go ahead and they were able to do the medal ceremony, but I mean, the poor girl that won, she skated great. Another Russian competitor who I think, um, they're all equally talented. Right. So she skated great, she won, and she was just standing there like, oh, I've got no one to celebrate with. Oh, <laughs> oh <laughs> so weird. She didn't even know be happy oh. or not. I was like, what the heck am I watching? Like, oh. I just hated it oh it's so and, and again it's it's a marquee thing for your sport right like this this yeah. is when you're going to get the most eyeballs on your sport this is the time you're going to get the most attention on the sport and instead you're, you're dealing with this and, and you feel bad because you're talking about a 15 year old girl but it's very much a black eye for the entire sport correct a hundred percent it is yeah. i mean it, it's definitely it's not a good look i think it's highlighting all of the really problematic parts of the sport and it really, I mean, it really turns you off from it. I'm someone who's been in, like you said, since, in the sport since I was six. Right. I don't even want to watch it. I'm like, wow. this is so unfortunate. Like, it just, it hurts to actually watch and see something like that because it takes away a lot of the joy out of skating. And then, you you know, you start thinking about, like, well, what's going on with these girls that they feel, you know, they feel this much pressure. It's not a joyous moment for them. And outside of the fact that they had all of this doping scandal on top of it, you know, just, it's a terrible <laughs> all right can, can i ask you I, I saw on social media because I, I was brought you know the, the attention of what you had been saying about this but i also saw you were sharing a lot of love for sean white this week um, i love sean white <laughs> and i wanted to talk about that right because obviously yeah. he ended his incredible career um and and you you know like he's been around for so long that almost ran into each other right like yeah like your career's kind of almost overlapped at some point um yep. can, can can you talk about sean white and what he has meant to the Team USA proper beyond any individual sports? 100%. I mean, Sean White, I think, is the best representative for the U.S. He's someone who's always so well-spoken. You know, he's very unproblematic, (laughs) which is great to have an athlete and a role model that you could look up to. He kind of single-handedly got the snowboarding event kind of off the ground. All of those young people he was competing against and, you know, unfortunately couldn't get a medal at this last Olympics, but they all are there, I think, because he kind of kickstarted everything for them. Mm. Um, but he's just such a great representative. I feel like you just know he loved his sport. You know, he loves going out there and, and competing. And just he seems like an all-around great guy. Um, 
and just kind of watching him at the end, th- thanking his sport, thanking everybody for watching, and you know, thank you Team USA, of course. Just like I had tears in my eyes watching that. That's cool. That's cool. And then this is from a listener named Ed who says, and this is a good question. So, mm-hmm. uh, Glenn, can you ask Kimmy? I've seen a lot of athletes complain about the circumstances within the village related to COVID, and I guess my question now is. Mm-hmm. We've always thought that within the village, it was like a nonstop party and just the greatest time that you could ever have as as an athlete. Was it really like that, or were maybe the experiences not always as great as we thought they were vis-a-vis the food, things along those lines? So I think it's a good question. If I can put yeah. it to you, we, we, we have seen a number of athletes that have like complained. Some people have called it like compared it to a prison, right? The circumstances mm-hmm. that they're in. What was your experience like in a, in a pre COVID, uh, you know, uh, clearly ways away from COVID world right. <laughs> uh, when you were at the Olympics? Was it, we all hear about the parties and we all hear about all of these things, right? And like, it, yeah. was it, what kind of experience was your experience like? Well, I was also 16, so I didn't not not the same like too I, much. I, I purposely <laughs> avoided talking about the number of condoms that were given out in the Olympic Village when we brought <laughs> this right, up. To yeah. me. I purposely avoided that part of the the this set. <laughs> I could feel that you were thinking about it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's um, by the way, we talk about it every time the Olympics come around. Literally, it's like a headline: X number yeah. of condoms given away to Olympic athletes this year. <laughs> um, well, no, it definitely is a party. I mean, when I I compete at the very end of the three weeks, so. I was there for the opening ceremony, staying in the village, and then I um, went away for like a week or so to go train elsewhere because it was so crazy there at the events that we're competing. They kind of converted one of the buildings into uh, basically like a nightclub for people to party in. Wow. Yeah, so I was already kind of away from that for a week training. Then when I came back, I actually stayed at a different – I didn't stay in the village because it was just too loud and too much going on. but the food was great. There's, I mean, they got endless options of food. <laughs> okay, so and it definitely is pretty wild there because you got all of these sports that are meeting for the first time. They don't always get to cross paths like that. So okay, so it very much not. It, it sounds like you did not experience something that was like a prison. Is what you're. you're I didn't experience saying. prison, no. Yeah. But I can imagine that this is. I know they've been very strict about just the bubble and kind of everybody in and out of the right. And now the venues and stuff. So I just I can't even. And, and not being able to like not there. being able to have your family or friends come, things like that. Yeah. It's, it's clearly a far no. different experience. There's no doubt about it. It's awful. It's got to be weird too, competing without fans or with a minimal amount of fans. I know with for skating, they had a smaller amount that were in the arena with them, mostly just fellow skaters. Right. That were watching. And other other athletes who have done a really nice job of trying to come and create like more of an atmosphere at the events and stuff like that, which yeah. I thought has been cool. But yeah, and there's no doubt it's it can't quite be the same. There's no question about that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Kimmy, we, are you still? Can we can we talk up Cool Kids campaign? You still something that matters to you? Still something that you're involved with? No, it's actually something I'm not involved with anymore. Well, I they feel kinda, bad bringing it up then. <laughs> no, it's all right. They started going in a different direction. I didn't agree with it. Okay, so I've all right. Ways. Is there yeah, anything else that we can plug for you then? Yeah, I'm a board member with Sports Legends Museum and the Babe Ruth Museum. Oh, here well, we love that. They, I know yeah. that we were just talking earlier. They got some big virtual events coming up next yes, week. Yes, they do. Coming up next week, we got our the birthday bash. That's awesome. We well, we love the Babe Ruth Museum, and and of course, we're very excited about the card that's coming in, and that's an awesome thing to be involved. Yeah, with. love I know. love that. Uh, it's Kim, very exciting. Kimmy, social media wise, um, uh, I know it's at just Kimmy Meisner on Twitter, correct? Yep, that's and, right. And what about on Instagram? Um, Instagram, it's at kmize, M-E-I-Z-12. <laughs> at kmize, M-E-I-Z-12. Give her a follow there it. as well. Uh, this is a promise. I, I, I won't wait four years to reach out to you, all right? I promise. Good we'll to try yeah. to do it before then. <laughs> Kimmy, thank all you right. so much for giving us some perspective this morning. Really appreciate it. Of course, yeah. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Kimmy Meisner, of course, a former world champion and uh, Olympic figure skater. 
and uh, she's always been such a cool person and, and someone that I've really loved getting to know over the years and um I, I, like it is it's very awkward like it's extraordinarily awkward the situation and again like the majority of like male football fans are like who cares figure skating right but like it's it's a massive story at the olympics it's it's been the predominant story of the olympics and I, it's hard to have a take when you're someone who's not inclined to be all that concerned about the sport as a whole right like what difference does it make to me but watching the people involved like it has been toxic this conversation this week and it's so much worse because it surrounds a 15 year old girl Mm -hmm. like it's so much worse there there have been people that have argued that this is the reason why like underage people should never compete in the olympics of course we know that like like chloe kim was underage when she won her first gold medal the last time right plenty of great you know, younger than 18 year olds have won gold medals and have been brilliant in their performances at the Olympics, right? But there has been an argument that there's too much damage here. There's too much damage that can be done when you're surrounded by horrible people. I think in the gymnastics world, we have learned that overwhelmingly in recent years that there are horrible, horrible people that make, and this, you know, that obviously in another level because we're talking about sexual assault but like even just the people that do things sheerly out of greed like i want to be the coach of a gold medalist and so i'm going to give you something in your your drink and you know i i don't care about the consequences for you because all i care about is myself and all i care about is is, is it's just it's it's ungodly mm-hmm. it's it's unthinkable and it's awful to think that that probably occurs at the high school level too, or the middle school level even sometimes in sports. But this is a global stage that we're talking about. So it increases someone's interest in greed because you're not just trying to succeed in, like, say, winning a high school rowing competition. Uh, what do they call a rowing competition? A con- a con- no, 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 the competition itself. It's a, there's a word. It's like ADA. It ends in ADA. Oh, re- reg- re- regatta. Regatta. Thank you. It's oh my god. I don't know. It's why a regatta straight. gala. It's a regatta, right? That's what, like that's. It's not. You're just not trying to win a, a regatta. Like you're 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 talking about getting the attention of the globe when you have these opportunities. It's so awful. Like everything about it is just so vile in these circumstances. And so some argument is, well, you can't leave impressionable young people at the responsibility of these, you know, would be adults who care only about bettering themselves and not about the, so don't allow, you know, minors to compete. Just make it so that you have to be 18 in order to compete. Mm -hmm. And there is an argument for that. Ultimately, we've seen that minors have been plenty capable of defeating adults in many competitions over the years. Maybe none more significantly than figure skating and gymnastics, but you know, they, this has existed. I mentioned Chloe Kim, right? Obviously, snowboarding. She was able to beat adults the last time around. She was, I think, 17 at the time. Um, there's an argument for it. There's certainly an argument for it altogether. But, like, you know, Kimmy Meisner made the Olympics as a as a minor and won the world championship as a minor. And she's doing quite well for herself. Like, working as a physician's assistant. Like, she was not traumatized in any way or experienced something so awful that, like, I, I don't... It's difficult to make a blanket statement about something like this. It's very difficult to make a blanket statement about it because 
you know, there are plenty of examples on both sides of, of, of wonderful uh, stories, and there's too many examples of, of terrible stories. And in the name of protecting one person from something that's terrible, do you take out everybody else who's been able to accomplish wonderful things as a minor competing in the Olympics? I, I don't I have an easy answer. Yes, I also Kay? think that like a big part of it too is there's been a lot of articles about the sprinter who I should carry Richardson, one hundred percent, which was nonsense. And it was like, what's the difference, right? And well, so she, she pointed that out. She was yeah. like, she was like, it's real weird. I wasn't given the same, you know, right? For the 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 consideration. Mm-hmm. So she carry Richardson, and I, you know, I I definitely grandstanded about this last summer because it's not like we we hid behind the concept of well, the rules are the rules. And we talked about Shakari Richardson uh, testing positive for marijuana. And I said, enough. Enough with the rules of the rules. I mean, it, it, we can't be this obtuse. There's like, no we, advancement in, in, in marijuana how, to begin how with. How do we possibly? Now, the argument would be, well, other people might have used it if they, know they, they knew they could have, right? Like, that's right. The, uh, the best argument you can make is, well, everybody else deals with stress, too. Everybody else deals with all the sorts of things they deal with and didn't have the choice to to use you know THC in whatever capacity whether it's smoking or you know using a lotion whatever it is that you're doing mm-hmm. CBD oils to to deal with that right like you still while it wasn't performance enhancing you still got an advantage from it because right. we weren't able to do it but the flip side argument is the rule is the problem Shakari Richardson isn't the problem the rule is the problem and we should have the ability as a society to step up and say no this is nonsense. This is a nonsense rule that should not exist and be done with it. No one should be banned from competing in anything over marijuana mm-hmm. at all. You shouldn't be a, a banned from Bible trivia from, from, from smoking. Like, we, we are so lost. How about a pie-eating contest? <laughs> everybody has the same option if they'd like to. If ever, as long as everybody knows going in, if y'all think that it's going to give you the munchies and that's going to help you, right? Like, go right ahead and do it. I would actually argue it's the exact opposite of that. <laughs> you want pie, and then you get a little bit, and you're like, no, I'm good. Now I just want to go take a nap. <laughs> like, now I just gonna go, want to go relax. <laughs> I want to go put on some music and chill. That's what I want to do. I don't want to keep stuffing myself full of pie uh, at this point. <laughs> um, not that I would know. <laughs> None of us would know. None of course, of, us. of course not. Of course not. The moral of the story being, like, she's not wrong. If the rules are the rules, the f are we doing here? If yeah. that was your argument, is that like, sorry, even if we know the rules jacked, we have to enforce the rule. Well, what the hell is this? Why were the rules are the rules for me, but the rules aren't the rules for for a fifteen year old girl? When it like first happened with her and like marijuana, I was like, okay. I don't think the rules should be in place. Like it's I don't insane. think I don't think marijuana like affects you in any way, gives you an advantage. But do I think she was stupid? I do because it's a blanket stated the, the, rule. The, the argument and it's is like, yeah, you knew the rules. You knew the rule. Like I don't blame her. I'm not but like we I'm not, still like, as a society have to be able to step up and say the rule is the problem. Right like, in a functional society, when the rule or the law or whatever it is makes absolutely zero sense, we all we can't just so blindly set back and say, well, the rules are the rules. That's what it is. No, I agree, and I think it should spark change. I think that incident should spark change. But in her, like in that whole situation. It's like, I'm sorry, but if I was going to be able to be qualified for the Olympics or something... This goes back to what we were talking about with Novak Djokovic the other exactly. day, right? Exactly. It's like, like, just don't do it. Like, 
be smart enough to know that like that is the rule. If you want to strike change, then do it in a positive way that's not going to affect it. But don't do it. And then when the consequences happen because everyone else is following the rules, you want to complain about it. No, 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 no. You need to do it before. You need to do it before and strike a change that way. I mean, unfortunately, I, I don't at this point, I don't know what it's going to take to strike change, right? Like, it's insane. Right. We're still dealing with this in 2022. Like, well, I mean, it my should God, be a what? rule. And now that, like, if it's a rule, it should be across every right. board. Agreed. And now that this 15-year-old isn't, I'm sorry, like, you're 15 and, like, I don't know what happened, but, like, like it's, it happened and You happened. tested positive. That's yeah, the end of it. It's right. the end of it. And, like, it sucks, but it's a learning experience. And congratulations, you're 15. You have a lot of room to yes, grow. Yes, you still have you the opportunity. You a lot of stuff to go And there's no guarantee that she will. There's no guarantee she'll ever be in another Olympics. Look, Kimmy Meiser made an Olympics when she was 16. She was never back, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, she accomplished many other wonderful things. Let me make sure that's true. I'm pretty sure that's true. That was her only Olympics was in 06. Um like, there's no guarantee that you'll be back. But un- I, I unquestionably agree, like, in the concept of, again, I don't care strongly because it's not yeah. a sport that I pay a lot of attention to. But in in broadly, should someone who tested positive have been allowed to compete? No. I, if no, if that's the rule, like, if that's what you're enforcing for everybody else, then, no, I don't think the circumstances should be made special just because she's 15. I just think it's the principle of everyone else. Like, yeah, I bet you someone else wanted to do it, but it's like the principle of them understanding the rules and being like, I love the sport and I respect the sport and the rules that I'm not going to do this thing because I know it's not allowed. And then someone comes in and does it and it's like, well, we'll let it slide. And then it's like, no, 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 because I dedicated my entire life to this and followed those rules, yet... I'm not going to sit here and allow, what, a 15-year-old to get away with it? There is probably a broader conversation to be had about, like, if you were the victim of something, if someone doped you without you knowing it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. that, that what do you do? Do you have recourse? Is the recourse with the... I, and I, I think the answer ultimately becomes not with the Olympics. You could have recourse with that person, but not with the Olympics. And like to Kimmy's point, she's like, I wouldn't even eat a bagel because I was so nervous about testing positive and which is again sounds insane like it sounds nuts that we are we did not have the technology to be able to determine the difference in a, a poppy seed bagel and and drug use like that we don't have the ability to figure that out like how, how is that possible but to her point like if i'm going to these lengths and this person's being allowed to compete despite the fact they tested positive the hell mm-hmm. i'm with you I'm with you. It's not okay. Like I'm, it's not okay, and it sucks because it might very well be that this poor girl did nothing wrong at all. Yeah. It might very well be. We know we don't know that. It might also be that somebody told her what she was doing, and she was like, "Well, you think we can get away with it?" Like I don't know because I don't know. I watched that stupid Kristen Bell show, and now I'm thinking about what young people are capable of. I don't. The new yeah, one on Netflix. I don't want to give away too much about it. Like, yeah, I watched I finished that. Finished it. Yeah. I don't care for it. I'm mad that I spent my time with it. I'm very mad. I like her, so I like Kristen Bell too. I think she's 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 very good. I was trust me. There's nobody that loved forgetting Sarah Marshall more than this guy did. This guy was obsessed with forgetting Sarah Marshall. Um, It was a good one. Oh my god! Not a big Veronica (gasps) Mars. Never, never for me. It was just never for me. Okay. Like I mean, it might very well be that if I sat down and watched it now, I'd be like, this was a heck of a show. But it was just never for me. It was never for me. I am five seasons in. Six, no, I'm, I'm sorry, six episodes in of season one of Euphoria. Oh. And I'm, I'm Ooh. watching this. Ooh. All it's, the young people are so excited about this. It's super, you... it's super graphic. Mm-hmm. But I find myself thinking, I am a grown man who is now pushing 40, who is watching a Are you getting creeped out? Is that what's happening? You're getting, you're I'm getting... not getting creeped out, but I'm watching this because it, it's, 
it's a magnification is definitely exaggerated of what high school life is like. But I'm a, a grown, grown man watching a show about high school students, I'm, and I'm, they're, they're I'm, I'm telling you that this factor nerves me out. Like I don't, I have reached a point. I remember the age at which I first saw my buddy's, I think it was his cousin, post a bikini picture on Facebook, and instead of thinking to myself like, "Oh yeah," like I thought to myself, "Oh no," like. Mm-hmm. And then it was because, like, I was like, and it was like, really was a moment in my life where I'm like, oh, oh, I'm that age now. And like now, there's a part of me that worries that if I start watching Euphoria, it's really just that I'm a perv. Like that's all that it is, is that I'm just an old pervy man watching Euphoria. So, so my wife is already she watched it when it came out when it, the first time it came out, and now she's watching season two as it goes along. I will tell you, it's a lot. So like I need a break after every every episode or two, like where I just I need a, to take a breath and be like, all right. But does the show? It's just a show. Does the show have significant value beyond the sexy factor? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I, the, the, I mean, the, the, Jordan is still afraid of the microphone today. I don't know what's going on with him. It's, He's it's, very it's afraid so of the microphone. Hard it's hard because yeah, you forget to I'm grab like, it. Very yeah. afraid I'm of the microphone today. Yeah, no. yeah. The the, the Sexy aspect. I don't look at it and think, "Oh, this is sexy." <laughs> I think, "Oh, these are clueless teenage girls who thinks this is all what life is about," and it's not. And it's but they do it in a really dark way too. Like they, I the, think it's the, more sad. Like you the, feel it, it's sad, and the sexy the sexiness is like it's dark. Yeah, it, it, like nothing about yeah. this show is like ooh sunshine and babes. It it's gets, very dark. See, season two gets like Darker. like heavy. Like they like these last two episodes have been like. You turn it off, mm-hmm. you sit down, and the whole room, whoever you're watching with, you're silent for like five really? minutes. Just I don't really know that I want that it. in my life. I'm not sure I it's, want that it's either. Not, it's not on too. the same level of like Requiem for a Dream. That movie no, like I mean, that, scarred me, but like it's not on that level, but it's like halfway there. And like the act, the acting is really good. Okay, but see, when I watched the first season, I was like, oh my God, the acting's horrible. I was like, this is so bad. But then like these past like, two episodes three episodes zendaya and like fez and lexi like they have been like carrying this show of just like like yeah. i can't even explain Give it, it. like i didn't think that I, inevitably that i'm good. gonna have to watch because i'm sick of you guys all talking like well, the, i'm the only guy that the it's one, not the episode that aired after the super bowl i read had like 5.1 million views or mm-hmm. something. it's all everybody's talking about yeah. it's all i just am the only gun that all these people that are acting are literally like of age, I know. So you can't. I know, like, that's you, true. I know it's like they're in high school, but, but like but you have Cassidy, to remind yourself. Cassidy, I'm, I'm trying to say this is the most. You're also of age, <laughs> right? Okay, like, right, and okay. I, you know, like you're a kid to me. You gotta yeah, understand okay, that. Like that's, that's I'm true. I'm about forty now. That's like true. I'm in that world where just legally being adult doesn't quite qualify for me. Like where I'm, I, I'm. It's not okay. Right. Like, I mean, they're obviously like 20s, like, uh, like I know older 20s than I am. And like, I'm obviously still in college, but like, and they're all out of college. So I guess I'm looking at it as more of along lines of like, it's fine. There's they're always like, been a rule that you were allowed to, like an unwritten rule that you were allowed to date something. The rule was half your age plus eight, right? Like that was always the unwritten. And like you, if you eternally do the math, it always works, right? So like when you're younger, there shouldn't be a significant age difference between you and somebody you date, right? But when you get into your 30s, there's an a seven-year age difference, it's not that big of a deal, right? Like, a 34-year-old and a 27-year-old are certainly not going to be exactly the same, but they're not so drastically far far apart that it couldn't work out. And I feel like, in general, that's kind of the same way that I feel about, mm-hmm. like, can I find this attractive or not? Like, does right. it fall within the window 
of, and then you start doing that math for me, and the math is that means they got to be twenty seven years old. <laughs> like, hey, if it makes you feel better, Maddie, the main like one of the main girls in there, she's actually thirty. All right, so all right, that does help. Actually, that does legitimately. She's help. actually like thirty, thirty one. That does legitimately. What help. was what was um Alicia Silverstone's um best friend in Clueless? She was like Stacy Dash was one hundred percent like playing a high schooler when she was in her like thirties. Yeah, she was, she was well, like thirty two. Yeah, like yeah. into her thirties. Yep, no doubt. A about lot it. of them are much older. Like that was the they crazy still do. Thing I I, I watched out. a little bit of Dollface. I gave that a look <laughs> um, because we were talking about it last Friday, and I was like, I'm gonna see if there's something there because I like what's her, the girl, uh, Cat Demings. Is that her name? We, what do we, we figured this out. The girl from the the, the Marvel shows, uh, um, oh, and yeah, from yeah. Two Broke Girls. That girl. I was like, I like her. I'm gonna I'll look at this and. Macaulay Culkin's wife, and then I was very excited uh, to find out that the third girl was the girl that played Peachy Salinger in You. And of course, I have a thing for You, and I did not know she was legitimately thirty-four years old. I'm like, wow, she's yeah, she's in plays uh, nothing but young characters. The haunting shows, Haunting of Hill House. Mm. I don't know those. Oh I don't yeah, know those. yeah. And I never watched Pretty Little Liars, which apparently she was in as well. But like, I was very relieved. But she's playing. They they play super young characters, but she's legitimately thirty-four years old. Her name's Shay Mitchell. The the mom of two main characters in Euphoria is the hot-headed um, waitress from Waiting. Really? Yeah. What is her name? I don't know, but she does a ton of great she, voices. Oh, She's oh God. Very talented. What, what is her name? Oh, that's going to drive me nuts. All right. And Cows from Grey's Anatomy. Um, I, don't, I don't know. It's not going to help Grey's me. Not going to help me in any way. I haven't watched since I dated a girl in 2006 that made me watch every week. <laughs> and then I, it's, it's been over since then. <laughs> All right. When we come back in, we, uh, hour number two is in the books. Today's show also brought to you by Simply the Bets every Wednesday, 1130 a.m. Tune in for Simply the Bets, which is brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. We offer you uh, a lot of advice about uh, making some money for the week. We'll come back in. Young Utes, tidbit tubular to wrap up the week. That's next, Glenn Clark Radio. Sports fans, the wait is over. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is now open at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. This is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit MDGambling help.org that first sip that first bite mm. start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at royal farms choose from a fantastic selection of fresh royal farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world at royal farms breakfast is available day and night it's the freshest breakfast in the world real fresh real fast royal farms the newest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, we celebrate the 20th anniversary of Maryland men's basketball's 2002 NCAA Tournament Championship. As Gary Williams reflects on how the program rose from the ashes of NCAA sanctions to the pinnacle of the sport. And why his perspective of the title run has changed now two decades later. Plus, Juan Dixon, Lonnie Baxter, and the rest of the team relive the moments that ultimately led them to cutting down the nets in Atlanta. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. 
The biggest pro wrestling stars today and all time all have one thing in common. You've heard them on Jobbing Out. Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks. Thanks for having us, man. Appreciate it. The great Kurt Angle. Thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Matt Riddle. Yeah, man. Thanks, man. The champ, Drew McIntyre. Thank you for having me. The great Ron Simmons. Keith Lee. Appreciate you guys having me, man. Bill Goldberg. My pleasure. Charlotte. Thank you so much for having me. Mick Foley is with us. This is the greatest name for a wrestling show I've ever heard. MJF. I'm glad you're happy I'm on this show because I'm freaking miserable. Le Champion. Chris Jericho. Le Champion. AJ, Aaron, Brandon, and Glenn are talking pro wrestling every week on Jobbing Out. Find it at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Stay tuned. Your chance to win a million dollars is coming up. Probably not from us. You're listening to Glenn Clark Radio. All right. We are winding down for the week here on GCR. Let's do this. It's always the last one. It's always that last note that gets me. Young Utes brought to you this week by the CIAA Tournament next Tuesday through Saturday at the Royal Farms Arena. Get your tickets right now, CIAAtournament.org. That's CIAAtournament.org. It is a massive event. You're going to want to be a part of it, the CIAA Tournament here in Baltimore. All right. Basically, I feel like we just did Young Utes by talking about euphoria for for as long as we did. But, Jordan, tell me what it is. What are the Young Utes uh, concerning themselves with this week? Kid Cudi and Kanye West are uh, beefing so, right now. So Best friends. I'm, I'm always going to be out whenever it involves Kanye yes. West, but I am semi-familiar with this. Yeah, so so pretty much uh, Kid Cudi uh, is a Billie Eilish fan and friend and was like in support of her, uh, blah, blah, blah. And Kanye then said, well, Kid Cudi, you're no longer going to be on... My new album, Sonda so, 2, so. coming out, which which is a shocker because they've put out many, many a good song right. together, worked on many projects. And so... Uh, I've hung out with Kid Cudi. This is a true story. Ah, very cool. Yeah, I've had, very I, cool. It was I so wish. It was so random. He, when we, the year the Super Bowl was in New York, um, he and Aaron Paul from Breaking Bad were there promoting that stupid Need for Speed movie that they had done together. <laughs> And they brought him over to do my show, and like it was really cool. They were they were they were great. And then I saw Aaron Paul walking by later in the day, and he was like legitimate excited to see me. And he like comes up to me and he's like, "Hey man, we had so much fun hanging out with you." And I was like, "What?" <laughs> like, because it's bumping around. Yeah. You got to do a hundred of these things when you're at the Super Bowl. You're literally yeah. doing a car wash. You're like going from city to city to city. And he's like, "What are you guys doing tonight?" And we're like, "I don't, I don't know. We didn't we didn't have plans." Like. You want to come hang out with us? And we were like, "What? <laughs> like, you for real? Like, is this is this legitimately happening?" And I think part of it was I was doing the show with um, James Ahedigbo, who used to be the safety for the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah. He was my co-host for the week, and so I think it was just like we had a general vibe going, like James and I did with these guys. So we legitimately, James and I got invited to go hang out with Aaron Paul and Kid Cudi that night. That's, That's awesome. awesome. And it was That's cool. So it was cool. they were they were really good dudes. Like they were. I, this is this is the part that's really bad. I actually had not been watching Breaking Bad at that point in my life. Like, I didn't watch Breaking Bad until afterwards. So maybe that's part of the reason why it was cool is, like, I wasn't an obsessed fanboy, right? Like, 
I was just, we were having fun, having a good conversation. Like they were they were down, and so yeah, James and Hagenbo uh-huh. and I got to hang out with Aaron Paul and Kid Cudi. It was that's it. It was cool. I mean, it wasn't like anything crazy. We just went yeah. to a they, they they were hanging out at a bar. We went we had a we had a few drinks with them. That's was, sick. They were cool. They were cool guys. Yeah. yeah. And and so. Kid Cudi. I definitely did the bit where I do a lot of times around famous people where I'm like, I need to leave before I wear out my welcome. Yeah. And then like people are like, why would you do that? Maybe they really wanted to be friends. Like maybe you could have been. I'm like, ah. If you had the chance to be Kid Cudi's friend. I'd- yeah, I would take he was, that. He's a great dude. And I actually like Kid Cudi. I've always enjoyed his music. Awesome like I think guy. he's. I love his music. I think he's cool. But like I always worry that at some point like I'm going to wear out my welcome where I'm like, I need to go. Like unless we're previously established friends, like. My buddy Zach from All Time Low, I'll hang, like, you know, they slept in my bed. You know what I mean? Like, unless I'm previously established friends with somebody, when I'm in those circumstances for a little while, when I start to feel like we're running out of things, like when I start to feel like, okay, this was cool, but now you're going to live your life and I'm going to live my life, then I duck out. And that was the move that I pulled that night. I think James actually stayed and hung out for a little bit with him. So. But, yeah. yes, Kid, Kid Cudi responded, uh, too bad. I don't want to be on your album, you uh, F-word dinosaur. Ha, ha, ha. Jesus. E- everyone knows I've been the best thing about your album since I met you. Uh, I'm a pray for you, brother. Uh, and Ooh. and then Cuddy also added, we talked weeks ago about this when you took me off the album. You're whack for flipping the script and posting this lie just for a look on the internet. You're no friend. Bye. Damn. God opens the door so the wrong people can exit your life. So he w- he was he was going <laughs> in on Kanye. I mean, th- probably needs more people in his life who are willing to go in on him, willing yeah. to say like you are a psychopath, stop being a psychopath, stop what is wrong with you. Like, you psychopath. Correct. You said there probably needs to be a few more people in that gentleman's life who are willing to say like no dude you you have a problem. I'm not just going to mm-hmm. sit here and say you're good at making music or you can help me make money, so I'm going to play along with it. Like, y- you you need help, desperate help, seek help, serious help. Um, so you know, good on Kid Cudi. Kid, well, Kid, Kid Cudi's well, so likable that like, yeah, you know. Well, then Kid Cudi posted on his Instagram like a few days. Hold ago. Hold that microphone a little bit closer to your mouth. He was like. He was like, yeah. God, please watch over me and keep my mind sane. Is Kid what Cuddy did? Yeah, Kid Cuddy posted okay. that. To which Kanye reached out and was like, I hope you're okay. I hope you're doing well. Oh, blah, blah. God. So, I don't know if that's the help that you need in your life. I'm not sure if that's... If that's if I was listing options for accountability buddies, I'm not sure that Kanye West would be number yeah. one on my list. People definitely care about that. I just didn't think that that was what you were going to bring up when you said Kanye and Kid Cuddy because Kim just tweeted out... Ha- like something about Kid Cudi and what? now they're like friends so I don't know if you know but like m- like I don't know when it was but for Kid Cudi's birthday uh, Kanye Pete Davidson who now is dating yes. Kim they all were at and Timothy Chalamet were all at a birthday sure. dinner and so <laughs> Kanye like the, the super friends right yeah. and they Kanye, walk into a bar. Kanye yeah. told Kim to come and Kim didn't know that it was just like all boys and that's where she became friends with like she didn't really know them I mean she did but she didn't and so now like since the divorce of Kim and Kanye Kid Cudi's kind of been like friends with Kim and they've been like tweeting back and forth with each other Pete Davidson obviously is now dating Kim so it's this whole thing so I think that's another reason why like Kanye was like I don't want you a part of the album I got a lot of thoughts about nope. this is clearly what the young Utes are talking about so, yeah. oh they are One very point. much into it I know they are it's all I've seen this week I, I clearly don't care about any of that part of it I do like Kid Cudi and I think Kanye West needs help and I oh, yeah. as I said before I'm inclined to like Pete Davidson 
Although I'm not sure that he's like the greatest human being that's ever lived. I just find him likable. Like that's sort of all that I've, I've felt, found about him. So I'll always tend to side with him. Despite what my mom thinks, she hates Pete Davidson. There are a lot of people I that just love hate love him. I think because he looks a certain way or he comes off kind of like. My mom's like, he's so gross yeah, and he's not funny. I don't, I don't, I don't understand why people think he's I funny. I disagree with that. I think I'm he's like, funny. I love he's him. Funny. I think he's, he's great. Funny. He's definitely <laughs> funny. Like he's not, not everything he does is brilliant, but like he's very capable his of being funny. His roasts are very funny. Yeah, mm-hmm. He's very, he's very capable. I think it's just his aura. Like he just doesn't, give like a single right about anything like he just kind of just walks I, and like, I'm, I'm torn peak. i'm torn on how i feel about that right like really? there's a part of me that's like yeah, there are things that are worth giving an f about like well yeah but like but yes like the, i said my in idol, general being laid back i'm good with being laid back in general like my idol in hollywood is adam sandler like <sighs> i love adam sandler shoot higher shoot no higher. think about it he just walks around in basketball shorts, i know he does plays but pick shoot, up just like and he's made a hundred awful movies in the last don't talk about 15 movies like that They're God, don't do it. Awful. Don't do it. Oh, they're awful. I love Adam Sandler. Some of them oh, are love, enjoyable. Love, love. Name, name one movie that he's made in the last 15 he is years. So was, smart besides Uncut the way Gems. He did things. Separate Uncut Gems, which is a great I enjoy Just Go With It. I enjoy uh-huh. all the movies he does with Jennifer Aniston. His 50 First Dates, amazing. Yeah. Made you, me cry. 50 First that, Dates not, doesn't fall into that ta- category. Yeah, 50 that, First Dates is older than that. Yeah. He used Fairly, to make really good it, movies. We all agree that he used to make really good movies. I like the first Grown Ups, I won't lie. He's. I like the first Grown Ups. Too. Second, second one, I was career. like, eh. He does have a movie coming out on Netflix, a basketball movie with LeBron James, yeah, which I'm sounds terrible. It, Everything. If you every watch Space, Band, Space Jam Two, yes, it does sound terrible. Sounds awful to me. Like they're all, If you just left Netflix in, I'd be like, okay, I'm listening. But once you added Adam Sandler, I was out. I think and then once you added so, LeBron so James, I was really out. The movie where he plays his twin sister, I've never watched it because there's no way that Jack that's and good. Jill. There's no way that movie's good. He made and a movie. That built up to the brother and the sister having sex with each other. Huh? That's what that... No, that is not no. what that the is. One, no, not Jack and Jill. Oh, I was like, that's a child movie. What was the one that Rex Ryan was in? What was the one... I love I that movie. I had to put both him and Rex Ryan on. That's my boy. Like that's my yeah, boy. Yeah, that I with, like, love the, that I movie. Like his dad's, like, so the, offended by that film... That I wanted to, I literally, that was the moment where I said to myself, I can't even pretend to have liked Billy Madison any longer because it was so offensive that you would make me watch that film, which was terribly unfunny, and then start with an unfunny movie and then end it with, oh, and the big, the, 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 the joke is incest. No! No! <laughs> the the brother is, no is played redeemable. by Milo Ventimiglia from This Is Us. I'm aware! No redeemable quality about that motion picture. Not one. There's I found so that movie many movies hysterical. with such questionable things. The, but you have to know what you're getting into with an Adam Sandler yeah. movie. You're not looking for a cinematic I, there masterpiece. Are, no, no, no. You're right. I don't need. That's not my standard or cinematic masterpiece. I need to have a Grandma's Boy and a cinematic masterpiece. But it was a far better motion Delightful picture film. than what we're talking about. That's My Boy is the most offensive thing I've ever seen in my life. The Ringer it's, is the most offensive thing I've I ever seen. I don't remember what The Ringer with was. Johnny oh, The Ringer with Johnny Knoxville. But it's defensive for a different way, reason, and I accepted that going into it. This built up. The, you, were not, you did not know it was coming. It built up to that being the big sequence the big everything built in the movie to incest straight incest no you would have to be the funniest motion picture of all time for to be able to get away with that this wasn't remotely funny and was offensive out out dunsky f that 
Okay, then no more questionable movies can be made. No more. No, it's not about questionable. Questionable is fine. You just have to have redeeming qualities. This had no redeeming qualities. What movie's questionable that has redeeming, like, qualities? There are plenty of movies that do things where you're like, okay, what? But it's funny. It's genuinely funny. There are plenty of moments. Uh, I can name one worse. What? Human Centipede. Correct. Human I've never centipede. Seen that. I've never <laughs> I mean, I would certainly. I no interest yeah, in going. I yeah, I mean, it's definitely worse. Well, I don't know. But at least, at least it had terror going for it. At least it was a genuinely scary movie. No, it wasn't. That scary. was based around a it sickening was just, premise. Like, sick. Yes, it was sick. There's no question about that. I'm sorry, Jordan. Go ahead. We got to. We got to pick up. The sorry. Sorry. Stefan Diggs allegedly ah, had story of the year. Two women in the same hotel in two different rooms on Valentine's Day. He ran the route tree on both separately throughout the night without Did dropping you steal this a pass. Directly from Black Sports Online. Did you literally no, no, read no. how they I, wrote it up? I because I, I I'm pretty sure this, I read that. This yesterday. is from a tweet uh, that yeah, Barcelona. I, I think I think they might have. I think they might have done it then. My okay. So everybody was talking about the story yesterday. Um, this sounds awful, but actually, when you start reading more about it, like I think the sense is that they both knew. <laughs> like that the story is. That both women are aware of where they stand in their relationships with him, and like, they might not know specifically about who the other woman was, but they just both know they're not the only woman in Stefan Diggs' life. And so, well, Sam Smith. what's that? I yeah, no, know I'm not the I'm only not one, the right? 100. percent It's very much like that. Um, I sound good, I know. So at first, <laughs> like, it came off as like the greatest story of all time. Like, my God, he managed to pull off. What what Corey wasn't able to do on Topanga's 16th birthday, where he had to be at the oh. wrestling match and then run back over to dance with her for her Sweet 16 party. Like, he wasn't able to do both things. But this man was able to pull it off, and so you're like, wow, that's incredible. But apparently it might have been easier to pull it off. Topanga didn't know that he was running over to help uh, Frankie's father, Vader, at his wrestling match. <laughs> Topanga was unaware of that, and, and Vader was unaware that Corey also had to be at the birthday party on the same evening. Of course, it all worked out in the end. They danced in the ring. We all remember that. Everybody knows that. Mm-hmm. It's the most important episode of television that ever existed. <laughs> um, it's the greatest television show ever made. Um, but this is not that... Like we we didn't know these circumstances about these two women. You've seen yeah. Boy Meets World. Boy Meets World. Wow, it's very important that you do. How do you not? It's very important. It's critically important. Good for Stefan Diggs is all I come away from it. Like whatever you're doing in your life, you do it. Don't you ain't hurting. They're okay any- with it. Good for him. You, you ain't hurting anybody. You ain't hurting anybody. <laughs> I don't. We don't kink shame. We've made that abundantly clear over a, a sex sex ed boot camp or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's what we're doing around these parts. You kink shame incest. Yeah, that's, that's not a kink. True. That's that's actually illegal, Paul. Yeah. That's not a kink. <laughs> in some, that's actually illegal. It's legal, so you know. I don't believe there is a state in the country where, a bro- a where direct brother sister is there legal. There is a state. You're gonna have to pull that up. I'm I pretty will. sure that's not the case. I will. I, I I not only do I not believe that, I would bet money. I'll bet money on I it. I don't think we're allowed to do that. You're college okay, athlete. Okay, right. NCAA but, you know, rules. Right. I'm not betting money on NCAA. Sorry. But I I would hypothetically bet money. Yeah, There's no chance that that's true. Um. Anyway. Uh, is there anything more that you wanted to say? About oh, no, that, 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 okay. that was it, yeah. Okay, two but, points. Oh, there, there's one more. Oh, he's, so he's already, he's already yeah, passed. Yeah, two points. You passed. Uh, this one, I don't think he's going to get a point. I just found it hilarious. But uh, apparently the new Blue's Clues movie <laughs> coming out yeah, no. has, has drawn <laughs> comparisons to Spider-Man No Way Home. <laughs> what? What? Because just how in Spider-Man No Way Home it combines Spider-Man. Oh, so they bring back the old Steve or whatever? Yeah. They bring back all the old Blue's Clues characters and they're like... You can't keep doing the thing where you move the microphone. You I'm gotta so, keep the yeah. microphone in front of your face. And and they're like intermingling and stuff like that in this movie and... Yeah. 
It ain't for me. That's what I'll the young, young, young yeah, youths yeah, 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 really yeah. you are talking yeah. about. I'll watch it. So I, well, when, when Steve came back last year and did that video, it was all, I mean, it blew I up. I cried. Okay, that's a that's a different level. I like actually cry, but I was like, oh, so cute. Like, uh, Blue's Clues was never for me. It was past me. Oh, At least he yeah. squashed the rumor that he left because he was a drug addict or something. Yeah. Like yeah. That. Took me like till like a couple years ago to find out that like Blue's Clues, like the the, the gender of like Blue's Clues. I had no idea. I thought the it was gender. A, what do you mean? Yeah, like gender? I thought it was a boy. I what? never knew what it was. It's a girl, apparently. I don't know any of these things. Uh, I've never watched Blue's. I Clues. I literally my whole life me. thought Blue's Clues was right, a dude. Yes, John Colson? What? I just what? looked it up. She's right. What? There's a state? Where? No! Rhode Good thing we didn't oh. bet. Oh. Rhode Island? Wow. Here. I can't Ca- bet, Cassidy, hand John your microphone. Hand John and, and uh, John can... Yeah, this is this is not okay. <laughs> Rhode Island? By the way, not the one I would have bet. Connecticut? Oh, I want to... These are, this is insane because I definitely would have bet Mississippi. The third one is m- somewhat more restrictive, which I'll explain in a moment. But what's the third state? And no, you would never guess it. The third state is it, 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 Iowa. It, banjos are not associated. The third state. So it's somewhere where they just don't want to restrict people's rights in general. It's mm, Wisconsin. Based on it being Connecticut and Rhode Island, I'll say Maine. Ohio. What? Wow. So the deal is in Ohio, you can't actually marry your parent after you're of age. So they're a little bit more restrictive. However, the other two states allow incest after the age of 18. However, there are strict rules about incest with people under 18. I'm glad glad we're protecting them. So for instance, you can't marry your 15-year-old brother. That's illegal. But when your brother's 18... Yeah, you're good. You're you're good. good. Is this kind of like the Lannisters in Game of Thrones? Like it, Connecticut is the one that surprises me. Is you f- think there's like a lot of rich people and they want to keep the bloodline clean? Is that like what what I, it is? I, I think give. you're overthinking that. I give up. <laughs> I give up. No, there's a show where a no, mom no and a son had to move to another state, and I couldn't remember. But I, he, it's one of those. I can't. What remember. are we doing? And they like got married. We need to kick these states out of the country, don't we? Like, they can't be a part of the union if they've got this figured out in Alabama. <laughs> If you're behind Alabama in understanding how the law should work, we've got a lot of problems. What the? I, we, I got a lot of questions, man. I got so many questions. Some people love their mama. Stop. Don't. <laughs> Cassidy. There's Don't. Elizabeth Perkins made a movie like that. What, what was the movie? I can't remember what it was called. It was, it was so disturbing. There's a movie where she sleeps with her son. God. There's, Willingly. Not not on the topic of incest. Yeah, please. Anything but, else? But a, uh, there was one Whoever more blues one, incest of blues. What is this show? Yeah. One. What is this show? I said in the description we've got a fun yeah. one for you. Today. What is this? <laughs> one one more small thing uh, for young youths. It's just a new show coming out uh, on HBO Max about the rise of NBA's Lakers. Oh, I'm excited uh, about that. It's my buddy Jeff. Yeah, Perl- and John, my, my buddy John Jeff C. Perlman John C. Wrote the book. Riley. Yep. Is uh. Jerry Buss. Yep. So yeah, yep. no, I'm, I'm excited about that. That, that well, was just I, actually, something that should be on. Somebody has pitched radars. me having somebody who was going to be in that too on the show, but I didn't know who it was. So I'm, I'll still probably put him on because I'm excited about it. It's re- looks um, good. Yeah, Jeff Perlman wrote that book. Who also wrote the um, the Kobe Shack book that came out last year that was really good. I mean, Jeff Perlman. I actually helped Jeff Perlman a little bit with the. Uh, he's doing an upcoming Bo Jackson book, and I was helping him a little bit with getting in touch with people for that. So, 
Uh, I'm very much excited about that. When does it start? Is it March sixth? Is the first episode? Yeah. All right. So is that a Sunday night show? Is that going to be a? Is that what that is? Is that, that a, is a Sunday night show? So what could that be replacing? What ends? Does that mean the gemstones is coming to an? Oh, Gemstone only has two episodes sad. left. Oh, that makes me sad. Yes, you I got more breaking. More. Bre- oh God, go ahead. No, no. No. It's Rhode Island and Jersey, not oh. Connecticut. No, no clean bloodlines. It's still Ohio too. Oh yeah. These are big populated states. These are now we know why. Lots of room for incest. Oh. <laughs> you said that's a, yeah. <laughs> no kink shaming. Really disturbing. Yeah, we don't. It's kink not a kink. Shame. It could. We're it in is. Maryland. It's very much illegal here. It's it ain't a, a kink. kink. It's a kink. It's not a kink. It's illegal. It is against the law. That is not a kink. It's a Isn't kink. sodomy illegal too, though? In some places, yes, sodomy is illegal. And that, that, all right, shut up. You don't try to compare <laughs> sodomy to. I hate, I hate all of you, and I don't want to do the show any longer. <laughs> I don't want to do it. Tidbit. How do we go? Tidbit. Sure. Why not? Okay. Tidbit so. brought to you by Live Casino and Hotel. I'm sure they like being associated with this. I'm sure they're thrilled about the placement of this read. Why don't we do Tidbit, and then I'll give them a read afterwards. Go ahead. All right. So I anticipated talking about lacrosse today because Towson is playing number one Virginia okay. this weekend, and we had their athletic director on. Okay. Um, so this is a lacrosse one. Okay. Uh, Towson, like I said, they're, they're one and one. They're playing number one Virginia tomorrow at one o'clock. Uh, Towson has had... A good run of success over the last nine years since Sean Nadlin, t- it's Nadlin, Nat- Nadlin. Nat- Nadlin took over, uh, reaching the NCAA tournament five times in that stretch. It topped out in 2019, reaching number one ranking in all three national lacrosse mm-hmm. polls and making it to the final four that mm-hmm. season. All told, since moving to Division One for lacrosse in 1983, Towson has reached the NCAA tournament 15 times and made three Final Fours, including finishing as a runner-up in 1991 when they lost to North Carolina in the championship game, 18 to 13. They have two. They have one All-American from that team. So this is kind of an all-encompassing. The the Big Five Division One lacrosse schools in the area. Can you name the last All-American for the Big Five Division One lacrosse schools in the area? The last All-American for each of the five schools. So we're talking is, Loyola, Maryland. Yeah, I and mean, this is really Thompson. this is really tricky. So, yeah, like, no. I mean, like the Maryland. First team, first Maryland team. had multiple last year, but you know, Jesse or legit, not Jesse Bernhardt. Jared Bernhardt, of course, was the player of the year. So Jared Bernhardt's the answer. Yes. Um, first team All-American. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't think McNulty or Olmstead made it. So I still assume it's Pat Spencer at Loyola. Pat Spencer in 2019. First team All-American at. The others is the tricky part, right? Because like I don't. <sighs> they are all since uh, twenty eighteen, except yeah. for Navy. Yeah, UMBC had a first team All American. Oh, you uh, you make Hopkins. I, 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 You're eliminating UMBC yeah. from the equ- equation. Hopkins had a first team All American since two thousand eighteen. I'm a little surprised by that. Johns Hopkins. It was in twenty eighteen. Johns Hopkins had a first team All American. Mm-hmm. In 2018. Oh man, I'm gonna. I, I feel really silly. I'm. I'm gonna guess J- Goodrich for Towson, but I don't remember. It was Goodrich. He did in 2018 right, yeah. and 2019. Yeah, I was. That doesn't surprise me. He was really good. Um, boy, Navy. What? When was it for Navy? 2007. 2007. Well, that makes sense. They were really good then. Oh, who would it have been in 2007? Uh, I, I think we could be here all day, and I might not remember who it was. Um, There's a restaurant sporting the same name, restaurant slash bar, sporting the same name as this person's. Oh, last was name. it? Was it Brendan Looney? 
Was it really? Billy Looney. Billy Looney. Okay. I was like, Brennan Looney was before that. Looney. Okay. All right. Um, I didn't know he was first team All-American, honestly. And then... Johns Hopkins. First team All-American. 2018. Aye, aye, aye. I know. When you tell me, I'm going to say, oh, right. You know, like, I'm going to have that moment. All right. Go ahead. Because it's already 12. Joel Tinney. I, I, did, I did not realize Joel Tinney was a first team All-American. All right. All right, very good. Very good. It, uh, totally tubular can be brought to you by Live Casino and Hotel because we need to separate ourselves. We need a palate cleanser there from the conversation we were having. Live Casino and Hotel, the FanDuel Sportsbook, is the place to be for all the big events, including, including of course, this Sunday, the Daytona 500, the NBA All-Star Game. You're going to want to be there. You're going to want to get to one of their 51 self-service kiosks or the betting windows in order to get your bets in. Again, if you go to their social media, you will find out who it is that I think you should be betting on in the 500. I got a funny feeling about one particular driver. Had a nice run out the Coliseum. Was running in the uh, top 10 a year ago until the final lap. Just have a funny feeling about one particular driver. I basically, if you know NASCAR, you know who I'm talking about because I've given away all the hints, but... A lot of you don't know NASCAR, so go find that video right now at Live Casino and Hotel Social Media, and you can find out who it is that I think is a good bet for this week. All right, here's what's coming up this weekend, or at least some highlights of what's coming up this weekend. Maryland basketball tonight against Nebraska. I, uh, highlight, I put in quotes. Um, it met at 9 o'clock on Big Ten Network. Navy Hofstra across tonight at 6 on Flow Sports. Tomorrow, uh, Morgan is on national TV, 2 o'clock against Howard from out in Cleveland as part of All-Star Festivities, ESPN2, TNT, NBA TV for the HBCU Classic. Coppins at home against Norfolk State at 4. Towson basketballs at Charleston at 4, trying to follow up their win over Wilmington. That's on Flow Sports. Uh, Towson lacrosse, as Paul pointed out, hosts Virginia at 1 on on LAC Sports Network. ESPN3, UMBC hoops at Vermont at noon. Loyola and Johns Hopkins lacrosse at 2. That's a good local matchup. AmericaEast.tv, Drexel and UMBC lacrosse tomorrow at 1. Hoops on ESPN+, Plus, Holy Cross and Navy at noon. Uh, everything else you can find at glennclarkradio.com. On Sunday, as far as locals concerned, Big Ten Network from Maryland to Michigan. Women's basketball at 3. I'll be with you at 5 on ESPN+, Plus for Lehigh and Loyola Hoops. Maryland and Syracuse lacrosse at noon on ESPN3 on Sunday. The big national events again, Daytona 500. Sunday at 2.30 on Fox. NBA All-Star Game Sunday night at 8 on TNT and TBS. All-Star Saturday night tomorrow night is on TNT at 8 with the dunk contest and the three-point and all that sort of stuff. And the Olympics, of course, wrap up this weekend on the NBC networks as well. Anything non-sports-wise that stands out? Um, on Netflix, Downfall, The Case Against Boeing. It's a Netflix documentary that airs today. You also have a new the, uh, remake of The Texas Chainsaw Massacre on Netflix. Um, nothing stands is, out on is, Saturday. Is Mrs. Maisel today? Is that when... Uh, Mrs. Maisel, that did not... I, I, I had that in my original it thing. Might, I don't know why I didn't show it. It might be next week. I it, might, it might not be today. I don't know. It uh, is. It is today. Yeah, it is yeah, today. You yeah. better get that in there. I had it in there. Oh, okay. I, I, All right. I, I had it. All I don't right. know what happened to it. Yeah, Mrs. Maisel is back. Excellent. Excellent uh, program. Really, really great show. Um, Saturday, there's there's nothing of, of note. Um, and then on Sunday, you have Euphoria at 9, The Righteous Gemstones at 10. You have Episode 9 of 1883 on Paramount+. Plus. All right, very good. Everything else, go to glennclarkradio.com. All right, uh, uh, kids, plug your social media. Uh, Jordan, you can start. It's- uh, Instagram, jschwartzberg1, and Twitter, schwartzbergjs. Hey, congratulations to Jordan. He's coming on with us here at PressBox in a limited uh, a part-time capacity, but it's a start, right, when you're uh, yeah. when you're working your way into this business. It's a good place. He's been and hanging around here interning for us and showing his value, and so um, we're excited 
Uh, we picked up his contract for a, uh, a part-time opportunity, and that we're excited about that. We like seeing uh, young people that move on to uh, uh, significant opportunities. This is a, a, a start on that path in this yeah, field. So very excited. Very happy for him, and uh, yeah. we're going to be doing some more uh, social media stuff that he's going to be a part of, and we're looking forward to that. So yeah. uh, congratulations you. to Jordan for that. All right, Cass, what about you? Instagram, Cassidy underscore Elizabeth22, and then Twitter, CassidyButler5. Very good. Um, thanks today to Stan the Fan. Thanks also to Steve Eigenbrot, the new athletics director at Towson, as well as to Kimmy Meisner. We'll get all that up in the greatest hits section of the Archives. tab at glennclarkradio.com. What's on the bat around tomorrow? Uh, we're going to have um, Stan's going to be on for his usual segment, Dan Connolly from The Athletic, and then we have Mike Gibbons from um, the Babe Ruth Museum. The, the yep. Babe Ruth Museum, and the, the the day three that Stan couldn't remember, they're going to be doing an interview with Jack Fisher, who gave up the final home run to, of Ted Williams' career huh. and gave up the 60th home run to Roger Maris in 1961. Well, how about that? That's quite an interesting footnote. That's I, I did not was not aware of that. That's interesting. Yeah. Very good. All right, uh, that's tomorrow morning, 10 to noon, on the bat around with uh, Paul and Zach. Thanks to everybody at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including Glory Days Grill, Royal Farms, the CIAA Tournament, Great Eights Memorabilia, Live Casino and Hotel, Underdog Fantasy Football, Blue Line Canine, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Paul. Follow him on Twitter, at Paul Valley the Third. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram, at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great weekend. Go local hoops and lacrosse teams. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks, too. <laughs>